This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give to you free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Lots uh, to talk about tonight, of course. Uh, the big big news, as far as what I'm concerned, uh, as far as my interests go, is something that happened over in Delhi, India. Now, we talked to a, uh, a gentleman on the show, I think it was last week, Michael, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Gogolski, from Slovakia. And he was telling us about how it is he is a stateless citizen. Yes. That he has renounced, uh, gone through whatever bureaucratic process is necessary, uh, filled out whatever the paperwork was necessary to renounce his citizenship uh, from the U.S. government. And not, at the same time, claim citizenship anywhere else. So even though he's in Slovakia, he is not a Slovak citizen either. So he is living in a state of uh, just kind of citizenlessness, if you will. And, of course, one could point out that there is no such thing in a citizen, uh, as a citizen in the first place because, well, the U.S. government has said over and over again that they have no obligation to protect you and they have no obligation at all to provide you with the most rudimentary of uh, basic services. Well, it's, and so that, for there, that therefore invalidates the whole idea that citizenship even exists because in order to have citizenship, you're supposed to have kind of an agreement, which, of course, never existed in the first place well, anyway. Well, you know, there's there's a dictionary definition of uh, citizen, which I like, and it's it's a, a person who... Uh, you oh, know, it's a duty of obligation for, in return for, for an obligation of protection or something allegiance. like that. Allegiance. Allegiance. Duty uh, of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection? Yeah, that, that sounds right. You know, and, and that's a great different di- dictionary definition, and it's largely what most people think, and it, it isn't true in this world. No. However, there's a practical application as to what a citizen is. There are citizens. Citizens are an upgraded slave. Um, you are a person who must uh, give a portion. A citizen is a person who must give a portion of their labor or the fruits of their labor to uh, well, the, the, the people that own them. Obviously, the United States government owns us. Otherwise, it wouldn't be able to take out loans because what the United States government runs on is the fruit of our labor. Mm. If it's taking out loans against the fruit of your labor, on your back. it must own yeah. your future. I mean, what what else? <laughs> what what is the United States government but an owner of its citizens? Indeed. In fact, I know you've got something about slavery, so we might get a little deeper into that here in a bit. But what I wanted to tell you about was that uh, Michael Golsky, the guy that we talked to last week, who's declared himself uh, free of citizenship, I think he's been one-upped. Really? The story's out of Delhi, India, and it came out uh, about ten days ago. Former, I just spotted this uh, basically yesterday on LewRockwell.com. Jeff Nabel, former USA resident, has renounced his citizenship at the Mahatma Gandhi National Monument in a demonstration of nonviolent resistance. Now, this is no scam. I saw the footage. This, there's, there's real footage of this happening, and uh, he's, uh, he's done an amazing thing here. Shredding his U.S. passport and placing the pieces upon the monument... Nabel declared his independence from not only the American government, but all governments, renouncing his birth certificate as well, stating that citizenship must either be voluntary or be considered forced slavery. This, by the way, from, uh, from Nabel's own website, freeofstate.org. Within minutes, guards attempted to persuade him to leave the central portion of the monument, but his refusal forced them to physically carry him to the outer walkway. Where they, allowed, they play into his hands? Where they allowed him to continue delivering his declaration. Local police escorted Nabel to the street, where they spoke to him for about a half an hour. They seemed sympathetic and refused to arrest the man. 
directing him to turn himself in at the local substation, <laughs> where he was also refused arrest. This morning, Nabel entered the police station again, informing the subspector that he had been promised by a superior that he was, quote, a free man able to move about India without papers, unquote, and requested a letter stating as much. So they'd told him that allegedly, and he wanted it in writing. The sub-inspector, in disagreement with the actions, stated that although this was now true, they would not put it in writing. <laughs> and that the matter was of no concern to the police. They don't care what you're talking about, man. Stating that if the man needed help, all he should do is dial their phone number and they would be there. Nabel then proceeded to a local television station with his story where they interviewed him for the evening news. Jeff Nabel is now officially a non-citizen without documentation, spreading his message of a stateless society. And the footage is available on his website, freeofstate.org. There's a YouTube uh, clip of it, which basically reiterates all the points I just made. And you can actually see him being kind of um, sh shuffled off by the guards who uh, did not want him there. Uh, but nonetheless, he wasn't arrested. And uh, he's declared himself free of citizenship. Well, why would he be arrested? I mean, what has he really done? Littered his... Uh, he the did pieces, litter. Yeah. The pieces of his passport around? I mean, I, I would think that he probably would have picked them up. I don't know. Well, I mean, this is coming from Delhi, India, so... The streets there. I, I don't think littering is really a, a top priority. Well, he was at that. some sort of monument. I, I don't know. But but anyway, I just thought it was interesting to point that out because he's gone, I think, a step further than uh, Mike did that we talked to last week in making a public demonstration of his rejection of citizenship. And I salute him for it. In fact, I have reached out to him via email and we'll see if we can get him on the show, because I'd like to have him tell his story. He's got a lot of great stuff uh, on his website. LouRockle.com has, no, uh, has a number of articles written by this gentleman who has a very interesting story to tell. So hopefully he'll uh, get back in touch. I know it's like probably 3 in the morning over there right now, so how easy it will be to get him on live, I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll do our best. Um, so cool news. Anyway, 800-259-9231. I'm thinking. Well, I mean, once again, I'm confronted with the question as to what has Mr. Is it Navel or Nabel? Nabel. Nabel, I believe. Is it a B? Uh, it's K-N-A-E-B-E-L. Okay. Nabel, Mr. Nabel, what has he done? I mean, he got a news story. Is that so? Is this well, he from wrote Lou? his own story. Lou? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he didn't get a news story. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not well, sure. Well, this isn't what... news to the news media, right? I mean, to the media, this is just some, you know, some crackpot, uh, you know, doing something out by Mahatma Gandhi's grave. Can you make an explanation that uh, proves to me that it's not some crackpot that's, um, you know, doing he's something? He's not a crackpot. He's uh, very sensible, and his writings, I think you would have a lot that uh, that you would agree oh, with I, him. I agree with the, what the guy's doing. I, Talks I about just, Quakers. I just wonder what's the point. I, I you know, I, To I, make I, a statement. To, to do what you feel is right. To throw off the chains of it's the state. Like, it's kind of like saying, you know, I, uh, you, you don't like the statement of, you know, you don't like the fact that the, the, the modern world is polluting the atmosphere, so therefore you're going to wash all your clothes by hand in a river. It, it's, it's adding a lot of work where there isn't really work to be added, and I don't know. This and is I, a man who... And I don't know. I, I am saying I don't know. The I way he like was dressed see... remind me of Gandhi. And so he's clearly somebody who has... Okay, so uh, he's a man who dresses like Gandhi, and you said he wasn't a crackpot. Judging by what he has written, I believe he's someone who has simplified his life to the point where he doesn't have to deal with bank accounts and things like that. He is, you know, he's moved into a, a, a part of his life where he's left all that stuff behind. It's a beautiful thing. So I see what you're saying, Mark. You're saying that if you're trying to live in the current society in which we live, then it would be very difficult to 
take the steps this man took. I, and I agree with you there. I mean, using, you know, you have to have, if you want a bank account, you've got to jump through certain hoops. You've got to have certain governmental uh, things taken care of. But this man, I believe, has rejected all that at this point. And for him, it's a personal, it's a personal victory. It's a personal statement of, of freedom, of being a free, uh, free individual with a free mind and now doing his best to free himself, his body, from the strictures of the state. And I, I, I salute him for it. I realize that it was done over in India as opposed to uh, New York City in Times Square. But, you know, nonetheless, it's still, I think, a pretty powerful statement and one that most people are not able to uh, do not feel they're able to make. You know, I, I support the concept of what he's done, uh, you know, and I obviously I, I get a lot of it. I don't know what the point is. And I do think well, that over the over time that, that we'll find symbolism. out things that work and things that don't as far as civil disobedience and acts of symbolism and things like that. But I wonder, couldn't he have just printed out a T-shirt that says, you know, I'm a sovereign individual. And then people would have asked well, him what the heck that he means. He has taken the actual step of renouncing his citizenship. So he is actually he putting... He's done away with the benefits, I guess you could call them. Uh, the government's not going to treat him in the same way here in the United States because now he's a non-citizen. And but he's not a non-citizen. He, he, he cut up his passport. He, no, he renounced he, his U.S. citizenship, and okay. that counts. Uh, uh, right. How? He renounced. Uh, you can he, renounce your U.S. citizenship. I, I, like if I got, came on, go on the air right now and say I am no longer a U.S. citizen, that would be renouncing my U.S. citizenship. However, there are actual steps that one yeah. has, to do, has to do, and the guy in Slovakia um, actually did those steps, and he is a true non-citizen. Whereas this gentleman might have why just is it that, renounced why, the citizenship. Why is it that filling out a government paper, uh, a form from the federal government, is somehow more legitimate? Than just stating it. Why does tearing up your why passport, do you need a passport in public? To travel. Tearing up your passport because in public. Because the government your birth says certificate. so. More on the way here. 800-259-9231. But they're just people using force on others. It's free talk live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. Features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the, the show, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page, going back an entire year for free at freetalklive.com. Now, as you know, if you've been listening for the past few days, we spent the weekend in Lancaster, New Hampshire, at the beautiful Rogers Campground right across from the, or within, uh, basically, the White Mountains of New Hampshire. It was very, uh, just stunningly beautiful, and there were hundreds of liberty-minded people that were in attendance setting new records for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The Porkfest 2010 has been announced. The dates have been announced. I believe it is uh, June 24th through the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. And the registration period is available at this point. In fact, I've been asked to uh, point out that anybody that registers tonight, like pretty much during the show. (laughs) It has to be um, by midnight or whatever. Yeah, anybody who calls Rogers Campground, and you can go to their website at rogerscampground.com. But anybody who calls them up to register tonight will save, 
I believe, 10% on a Porkfest discount, and they won't have to pay 9%, uh, a 9% camp tax that apparently they're passing here uh, in New Hampshire. So if you want to avoid... tax your campgrounds. That's correct. They're taxing the dirt. Uh, So if you want to avoid all that and you want to get registered and get your campsite early because the campsite sold out this year, it's a virtual guarantee they're going to sell out again next year. So go ahead to rogerscampground.com. Get their phone number and dial it up during the show. Get yourself registered and save a few bucks on Porkfest 2010. All right. So uh, Porkfest, by the way, brought to you by the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Let's go to your phone calls and to the amp lines. Who's this? This is Alex in New Jersey. Hey, Alex, what's on your mind tonight? So I got a letter from these guys. I'm not going to say their name until they buy advertising at FTL. They, uh, They wanted to hire me as a salesman to sell knives. And I was kind of wondering, uh, because I've called before about multi-level marketing, I don't, this doesn't seem to be multi-level marketing, but I know Mark is interested in sales. And I was just wondering, uh, Mark, what you thought about uh, selling knives in general. All right, how are you, wait, <laughs> door where, to door. Are you where are you going to sell these knives, door to door? Well, what they do is they, uh, you, they don't do door to door and they don't do telemarketing. They only sell to people who make an appointment. How are you supposed to get the appointments? The uh, what, well, I don't know how you start, but when, when you go and you um, you go to the person's house after your little interview, your pitch is done. You ask for five names or more of people who might be interested. So, if you have a prospect and you give them your pitch, you're then asking for referrals of people that, uh, that you know, who else can I go and try to sell these knives to? And generally, that's a good way to, to build a business, presuming you've got a good product and uh, you're, you're doing a good job. They will likely want to give you referrals. Of course, if uh, they found your presentation annoying and uh, and they want you out of their house, I doubt they'll want to submit your uh, their friends to you as well. Um, What's the compensation package? Well, the way it works is if you sell um, under $1,000, you get 10%. Under 3000 you get 20%. And it goes all the way to 50% um, of, of, the, of the, the sale. Um, How, and over what period of time? $17.25 base pay for appointments. And that you make that regardless of whether you sell it or not. So okay. the, the more you sell, the more commission you get. Okay. Um, over what period of time is this? Uh, n- you know, this percentage on whatever Hello? number. So is this per month, per year? How many? You know, do I have to sell fifty thousand dollars worth of knives Hello? in a year in order to get fifty percent, or what? Can you not hear us anymore, Alex? Hello. Sounds like we're gonna we're having phone troubles here. Don't know what's going on there. Maybe he can call back. Uh, but I know that I've 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 known people who have been in this uh, business. I just don't remember who it was. So maybe one of our listeners out there has done this door-to-door knife sales. Oh, I know it's not door-to-door. They have to get the, the appointment somehow. I'm not sure how that all works. Uh, and if they're paying for a ba- if they're paying base pay on the appointments on that, the appointments that you're getting set up, then clearly they're going to have to be vetting those appointments. Otherwise, you could just set up appointments and get the base pay for yes, going to going do the job. Yes, I'm going to an appointment now, and I'll be back. Oh, darn, they didn't buy. You know, like you could be having fake appointments yeah. and getting your 1725. So where do those appointments come from? How do they uh, How do they get them? They must have some sort of other marketing program going on. I, I don't know. I, I, it just seems to me like that kind of business is a little shady. I don't know. Maybe I, Maybe I'm wrong. I'm definitely feeling shady on it. I, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm feeling that. Let's try Alex again. Alex, are you still there? Oh yeah. Sorry, you guys dropped off. 
Actually, I don't okay. know what happened there. It's probably one of those voiceover IP things. So I don't know how much you heard of our discussion there. Any comments? Well, the the building that it was in, it was this really run-down building in kind of a bad town. <laughs> and the lady, she, and, and it, it looked really, really sketchy. I'm not going to lie. What, well, how did lady, you find out about this? They, what they did was they sent me a letter in the mail. And what was interesting is that the letter didn't have a return address on it. So uh, that kind of scared me, but I went and I read it. I saw the 17.25 an hour. I gave them a call, and they said it, it was at like 4:45. I gave them a call. They said, "Oh, we'll do an interview at 5:30." Wow. I said, "Okay." So I jumped in the shower, got ready, and I went to do the interview. It was a group interview, and she gave the sales pitch to us, uh, and then she uh, she went and she interviewed us personally, and then we fill out a couple forms. But um, it's it's like this smoky apartment kind of thing upstairs in the back of nowhere. Well, but, you know, um, I can understand a company trying to cut costs by not having a storefront that is very pretty. Uh, obviously, they're going to save a lot of money on rent uh, by going that direction. Uh, but but not a good first if, impression. If you go through a lot of new hires, it's uh, it's a good idea to have uh, you know people want. Paychecks are only one of the things that people go to work at a specific place for, and a nice atmosphere is nice to work in, you know, period. What I might do is I might ask why they choose to market their product that way, because, it, it, I mean, it seems to me that if you're going to be selling knives face-to-face with people, and essentially, it's, I mean, once you actually get the appointments, it sounds like it's the same MO as selling door-to-door, I would just ask, well, why don't we just sell them door to door? Why don't we make phone calls? I mean, just if well, they have trouble BB, answering that. They're BBB accredited, and they're, uh, there's some other national sales association, and and according to that accreditation, they don't uh, they don't think that door to door selling is ethical. Hmm. So, so how are they getting the uh, the prospects? Well, they're, they're, I think they're doing it just from referrals, but I, I really didn't stick around to uh, to ask too many questions about how you start, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, how, how you get that first thing. They, what they might do is they might give you someone else's referral. I'm just speculating, though. Do you have to well, buy a kit? Yeah. Do you have to buy, like, a sales kit? Well, that's that's the thing. Now, you, if you buy the sales kit, it's a $540 value, and they'll sell it to you. Uh, you get a 70% discount on all products. Now, you can buy it. You can borrow it and put the money, the the $144 down, and then if you decide you don't want to do it, you can just give the knives back and you get your money back, or you can resell it and make like $300, $400. So wait a minute. If if you get a 70% discount on the products, why would you want to sell a knife set for a 10% spiff? Because the more you sell, the more money you get. I see. So you're only allowed to buy a certain number of products for yourself. You couldn't just buy a bunch of products for yourself and go out and resell them? Right. You only get one kit. Man, it sounds pretty shifty, but, uh, I mean, 144 bucks isn't the most expensive. Is this your only option for work? (laughs) No. I have a job. Hang on, Alex. It's Free Talk Live. If you've got a comment for him, dial in. Hey, this is Mike. This is Jamie from Wheels Off Liberty inviting you to join us on our weekly podcast about freedom that even two idiot rednecks like us can understand. Take it from the only two hosts that have been gay married, had an Xbox playing pot-induced honeymoon, and then got gay divorced. We believe in liberty for everyone. So join us every week on www.wheelsoffliberty.com for a -a one-of-a-kind take on liberty and freedom.
This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, and we give them all to you for free, including the bulletin board system, over 450,000 posts. It's a lot to talk about there, and it's all completely free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do early-out billing, collections, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. The banner's uh, on the right-hand side of the page uh, at the very top, SACL CAI. All right, so toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We still have Alex in New Jersey on the line with us. He is fresh out of high school and fresh for the picking for the direct sales uh, companies out there like Cutco. Uh, I know that we weren't supposed to mention their name, Alex, but I did ask you off the off the air who they were. And they are, they are kind of the largest, most well-known direct sales knife company I've, that I've ever heard of. I don't, I'm sure they have competitors, but uh, I don't know what they are. So that's the company we're dealing with here. If you've had a, an experience in attempting to be a marketer for this company, which apparently they're teamed up with another company called Vector Marketing to do their marketing for them, uh, if you've ever had experience in this, give us a call and tell us about it. Uh, now, Nick, you had a question for clarification before well, we move on. This kit that you're buying, is it five? I mean, I'm trying to understand the kit. A sales kit. Is that one unit for the the consumer to buy? Like, they're expected to buy one $500 knife set? Uh, no. See, what they do is um, you can they can either buy the kit directly on site or you can give them an order form, and then the, the product will be shipped, shipped to them directly from the warehouse. Right, but what I'm asking is the, the product that you would be selling is a – like they would be spending five hundred dollars on this on a knife set, right? Or is well, it? That's the, if they were to buy that particular set, they would spend five hundred forty dollars. Yes. But there are other sets they can purchase. They could buy one knife. They could buy a small set. They could buy a large set. There are a variety of options, or is it just right? There are a variety of options. They can buy one. They can buy many. Uh, they're, they're, the average sale is about two hundred fifty dollars. Okay. So that's that's not. I was thinking you might have to be making a a pitch to sell a five hundred dollar knife set. So that raised some red flags. But if there's other options in there, then that, that, that well, alleviates my right. concern. They're, they're, what you're demonstrating is just the the variety and how well they cut. Um, you should be filling out the sales form with them. Otherwise, you're going to have fewer sales forms filled out. But um, I've you know one thing that people have to consider is I can get all the knives I need and from you know one of the better knife companies I don't know them all my understanding is Chicago Cutlery is a good one I don't really know all of the the mm. cutlery companies uh, you know the only reason I know about Chicago Cutlery is cuz my wife has a set and she wanted it for her wedding and apparently you had to she had to buy it for a penny from her friend because they she wouldn't give it as a gift during the uh, the wedding because it's bad luck to give knives to the uh, bride and groom <laughs> okay. but I would like to point out that my best friend had a wedding, and uh, apparently he didn't know about this convention, so they put on their uh, their little list, uh, their registration uh, knives. So I bought them the two biggest knives I could find in the registration list, and they were mm. both, you know, kind of expensive. These weren't cheap, cheap things that they registered for, just because I figured, yeah, well, I'll just give these to them, and uh, they can knife fight it out, because I thought it was kind of funny. But um, nonetheless, you know, any knife I want to get, 
I can go to the interwebs and I can look at all the reviews for all the best knives and I can buy them there. And or I can go to the the best knife store for the you know the greatest knife buying experience that I can have. And you know it just I I guess it bothers me these uh, these these uh, you know strange sales methods. That's how I want to buy my knives. Not that I want to buy knives, mind you. I don't want to buy knives at all. But you know, I, I, I it scares me. Um, it, it's hard, it's hard for me to believe that there are that many people out there that are just waiting to hear from Alex in New Jersey to buy a set of knives. I mean, I suppose that uh, there are people that are just going to be so persuaded by the fact that you'll be able to cut a penny in half or whatever the hell it is that they'll have you uh, demonstrate. Well, listen, listen to this. The, the lady, she did, a, she did the sales pitch to us because she says that the knives sell themselves. We don't have to sell anything. Sure, sure you don't. And she, that's, a bad, <laughs> that's a bad sign right Nothing there. Nothing sells itself. Yeah. Right. So she, she had these shears and she cut them. And I looked at the shears. She cut a penny in half. And That's I, illegal. You know, I was, I wasn't, I was not impressed at all by that because I'm on a rescue squad and we have three dollar trauma shears that we use to cut patients' clothes, seatbelts, etc. And that can cut a knife just fine. So cut that a penny, really cut a didn't penny. impress me all that much. So that, so your shears could cut a penny, the three dollar shears. Yeah. Okay. You know, we've actually got Tony on the line here in California. I, I think he's got something to add to this conversation. Tony, you're on with Alex, or hopefully he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, Alex. How uh, Ian and Mark and everybody. Uh, the name Vector Marketing is pretty familiar. I, I know that that company has been around at least 15 years, and I've known various people that have gotten involved in it. I didn't really know anybody that stuck with it. Uh, I don't really know anybody that owns their knives. I hear they're good knives, um, but... Uh, I, I kind of see trouble. I think it used to be door to door, so I don't. I'm used, I believe you're right. They're doing this, you know, uh, and that line that you were just saying that the product sells itself. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of a buzzword for uh, uh, network marketing companies say that all the time. And yeah, it's true. If a product is good, it does sell itself. Um, I've had a few experiences with, with those types of companies, and I just I, I think I've come to believe that. Uh, it's better to do some type of soft sales, either have a storefront or have a web store. And, you know, that's a business investment. And the thing is, if they want you to pay $540, I mean, they've made their sale right there. And well, then 70% off of what? I'm not really sure what that is well, yet. Well, they make up an arbitrary price. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Right, it's, a, it's an arbitrary price, right? They say, well, our, our kit costs $500, but we'll give it to you for this low, low price of $144, and then you get your starting your own business, you set your own hours, and it's, you know, it sounds well, very... No, no, he's saying $540 to get started with a kit, and then it's 70% off of any products you buy in the future. I'm sorry, Alex, did I misunderstand? So I thought it was a... So you get a, a $540 if you were to purchase it as a customer. Right. But as a reseller, you get a 70% discount and you could buy it for $144 and that would you could either buy it, borrow it and put that put the 144 down as a security deposit or you can resell it for the full price. Yeah, the other thing uh, you want to look at too is is what the competitors are out there. What kind of knives can you get for the same price or, yeah, absolutely. or easier, you know? So, I don't, no doubt I don't about really it. know what else to add there. I, 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 you might have a good time. I didn't know anybody that stuck with it. That's all I could really well, tell you. Let good me tell suggestion. you, um, Alex, you do some paramedic work. Is that what you'd said previously? Yeah, I'm an EMT. Do you go into people's houses when you do the EMT stuff? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So you get an idea, like you've been in quite a few houses, and you get an idea of what it might be like to be invited in some of those houses. And, you know, people, different people live in different manners, and it's just freaky going into other people's houses. Sorry, I don't like it. Um, you know, wouldn't want to do the door-to-door sales thing because people just live different and act different, and you know, can it? it, it, it it's I recommend weird. you keep the EMT well, job. Well, it sounds like he's saying uh, that 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 it's uh, more of like a network marketing kind of thing right now. No, now, is that what it is? No, you uh, don't. No door-to-door. Uh, you're not getting referral. Uh, you're not. You're not uh, building a downline, are you, Alex? What do you mean by that? Okay, no, definitely not. Okay, if, if so they, it's not a network marketing thing, but they were saying it was something I thought I heard him saying that you're not going door-to-door. Well, and, uh, you're not going door-to-door, but you will go to doors by right. uh, setting these appointments. You have I mean, to set appointments. It's either that or oh, set th- okay, so it is sort of door-to-door then. It's, it, it, so it's uh, what somebody else does, uh, some kind of telephone sales. Well, the, like the, apparently, and I'm reading here on the, uh, the Internet, uh, I went and looked up Cutco and Scam on Google and found the, you know, found the, the critics. How many pages? Uh, the, oh, I'm sure there are a lot, but I'm, I'm here on one of them right now, and it says here that uh, it says it looks like a good opportunity since they pay a base of seven, fifteen seventy-five per appointment. It's not necessarily a scam, but it's close. You'll have to spend your own money on gas to get you to your appointments. There will also be mandatory meetings you'll be required to attend. You'll also have to set up your own appointments and generate your own leads. So how you set up your own appointments is, of course, up to you. Do you go door to door? That's not my... Do you cold call? I don't have a problem with any of those uh, um, You know, any of those criteria. Those are almost the same criteria for any outside salesperson, sales, any, sure. any job. Um, so you There's know. more, though. There's more. And thanks, Tony, for your suggestions here. Uh, we're going to hang on to Alex. If you have been involved in door-to-door knife sales or setting appointment-setting knife sales, direct sales, would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and we give them to you. But if you want to help support the show, you appreciate the fact that the website is free, you can pony up at amp.freetalklive.com. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money back in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go over uh, to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more, get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking with Alex in New Jersey about a, uh, a business opportunity he has been presented with, as many people have, uh, with the opportunity to go out and uh, bust your butt doing direct sales and hope to make a, a commission when all is is said and done. It's Actually, not just a commission. They, uh, they no, offer... It sounds a little better than that. It sounds like the, that they're going to pay you for just going out and, and making the pitch, which is a little unusual. And so as far as, as far as opportunities are concerned in the direct sales world, it doesn't sound too awful. But people who are going to get into this need to know what they're getting into, especially if they're used to kind of an hourly, paid-by-the-hour sort of job, which is it seems like that's what most people start with in this world. And so a commission-based sales job can seem a little, well, different. Daunting. Yeah. And, uh, Alex, you have you ever done sales before? Uh, no. I've, the only thing I've sold is myself. Well, you'll always be selling that. That's uh, that. That is for sure. But in this particular case, you know, this may hey, end up being. I, I got to interrupt you. Uh, they're calling me right now to let me know if I've been hired. Okay, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. I bet you've been hired. I'm. I'm. Yeah, that's no problem. We'll, yeah, we'll just come back to you. 
but according to the email, or not the email, but a, a forum post I'm reading here about this Cutco Vector Marketing Company, uh, they're pointing out some of the realities of the job that you just need to understand. And as you say, Mark, yes, you're going to have to spend your own money on gas. This is a very entrepreneurial kind of thing. And if you're out there trying to make I a sale... I spent my own money on gas when I was uh, working as a uh, radio salesperson for Clear Channel of Sarasota. Yeah. And nothing unusual there. I don't have a problem with uh, most of those things that I saw in this, uh, that, I, that I heard so far. You'll have to set your own appointments and generate your own leads. Now, that's I had to be set my own appointments, generate my own leads. I, a I hard did part get, of the job. I that's did awesome. get call-in leads from... Um, Clear Channel Sarasota, and I must say, those were the easiest to turn over. Yeah. But, you know, with sometimes as many as 21, 22 salespeople, it could take a while for those the, your, your next time to come up. It says here that uh, there'll be mandatory meetings to be required to attend. There'll be some paperwork you'll have to work on after each day. Love that crap. And you'll also have to do nightly check-ins. The paperwork you won't be paid for, and it's a lengthy part of the job. If your appointments don't meet their qualifications, you won't be paid, and you've just worked for free. They also hired everyone in the group that interviewed. So that's why I was su- suggesting right. he's going to get hired. This is the this is the part that uh, b- that bugs me about it. Um, do, do you want to go on here? Hey, let's see if he's there. Alex, are you still there? He's still talking. Yeah. yeah uh, um, they, having been in business for quite some time, from you know, in one way or the other, it's it's uh, I've I've learned along the way there are different things that businesses sell. And I heard at some point there were seven pillars of business. But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to selling knives, you can sell a high quality knife you can sell a cheap you know not not cheap uh, you know a low priced knife you can sell a knife that's distributed widely say in Walmart you can mm-hmm. sell a knife with a really great guarantee that you know this knife is good no matter whatever uh, craftsmen yeah. used to be that way when it came to tools now they're not <laughs> but uh, you know you knew that if you broke your craftsman hammer you could take it back in and get a new one um, and i'm sure there's other things what cutco appears to be selling is the hard sell sales tactic. I'm sure they have a good guarantee. They say they're high quality knives. I wouldn't know, but I can tell you this: we've got high, them for 60 years. We've got we've got high quality knives at my house. I don't have $500 worth of knives in my whole house, and it bothers yeah. me. This you know the the kit price. I suspect what they're doing. You know that the, the markup's a little higher here. You know if you're asking somebody to close now, close today. You don't have to do you don't have to do your business based on uh, you know cost for value. You can do it based on hard sell. And these people that are going out and selling are you know you might not get paid for the appointment if the appointment isn't the, doesn't meet the qualifications that they're looking for. However, you will get paid if you sell some knives. So That's I've got to look look Ian. I gotta sell some knives to you today, man. Which knives? What what kind of knives do you need? I've got some <laughs> knives for you here. Please buy some knives. For God's sakes, I got three kids at home and they're all starving. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, this is th- these are the kinds of things that uh, people kind of feel when they're getting these hard closes. I personally don't like this sales method. I understand that it works for some people. There's certainly some people that have a difficult time getting out of the house, and it would be nice to have a nice knife salesman to come to come in, but. For me, it's yeah, not the it right kinda, thing. It, it kind of reeks of uh, desperation in, in a way, doesn't it? It bothers me. Alex, are you there? 
Jeez. All right. I don't know what they're talking to him about, but we actually have Steve on the line uh, in South Carolina, and it's unfortunate that he's not listening because he's not benefiting from this. But he can, I guess, listen and later. He's not going to take the offer anyway. Uh, well, who knows? Uh, it's it may be it's going to be a learning experience either way, right? I mean, if he uh, if he goes with it and uh, and and just bottoms out and just doesn't it just doesn't work out for him, he's going to leave an EMT job to sell. I think knives. he volunteers. Yeah, that uh, might be a volunteer rescue yeah, squad. Right. Okay. Yeah, I believe he has told us before in the past that uh, that he volunteers at that job. But uh, but either way, if he if he bombs out and it doesn't work out for him, then it's going to be a learning experience. He might have picked up a few sales techniques along the way. That's what happened to me in network marketing. It just you know oh, it didn't work. I out. think that there's some very valuable skills that he would yeah. learn in doing this job. I pl- I certainly don't want to make it seem like there isn't. He'll certainly be more choosy next time uh, one of these opportunities comes his way. There's just things to learn, you know. And I'm not saying you're even learning. He'll learn sales skills, tactics, uh, you know, all kinds of things that are useful. He might even kick butt, too, and like really do, sell some knives. I can do hard sales. I just know I don't want to for my <laughs> ulcer, for uh, you know, my friend. I'm you envisioning my, you as my, the guy at the, uh, the, like the, the, the county fair sets up the booth with Hawker. the knives, and yeah, just... <laughs> I, 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 hey, come on over here. We're I cutting totally, knives. Look, cutting pennies. I, I totally respect the ability to do such a thing. As a matter of fact, uh, ran, you know, somebody I, I respected the business, Randy Mays, just uh, just passed away over the weekend. And, you know, exciting stuff. But I yeah. wouldn't want to do it. And I don't want people to walk away from an experience with me thinking, that guy ripped me off. Right. I just don't want that. And, and, and hard sales can come off that way sometimes. I don't know what Cutco does as far as hard sales. I have no idea. I've never had any experience with this particular company. But, All I'm <clears throat> saying is it smells of that to me. It seems like there are better sales jobs that you could get sure. instead of hawking these knives through this particular program. Right. I, I mean, I, that's I, just how I look at it. I mean, sure, this you might be able to sell some knives and you might be able to make some money, but is it the highest and best use of your time, or could you find somebody else to bring you on as a salesperson? All excellent questions, and I, and I also would like to to point out that as the the last gentleman we talked to, uh, I believe it was Tony, he said he's known people that have been in this before, and they didn't stick with it, and that's probably true of a lot of sales right. uh, sales professions. Um, but it's also interesting that they're targeting college kids. If you go to the Vector Marketing uh, Company's website, you know, you know, what are you doing this summer? And develop your business skills, self-confidence, uh, get paid for your performance, etc. They're targeting young people here. Right. And a lot and, of times, what they'll say, what do you, if if um, if you if they're doing this summertime thing, they'll. You know that'll be part of the pitch. I'm a college student. I'm out trying to earn money during the summer. Mm. Da, 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 da. And then what you're doing, you're not just saying no to somebody with uh, that's selling knives. You're saying no to a young person who's trying to better themselves of by course. going to college. Yeah. And you know how we've been, been been indoctrinated that college is the best thing for young people to do. Or even if you don't believe that, you still feel bad that this person is uh, you know wasting their time going to college. Mm. So you feel bad for that person. Do you see the sucker cell in that in, in that? Right. And what I see here is uh, as tony pointed out and as the email or the, uh, the the forum post here says they hired everybody that was in their interview so yeah I think we all knew you're that was happen. hired now you can buy our 144 dollar sales kit right so they've just gotten themselves if all of these people are excited enough to start the job they've just gotten themselves 20 sales right there yeah from that uh, from that room full of people full of young kids who probably don't have a knife set of their own who probably will end up going out hitting the streets trying to make some sales some of them will make it some of them won't yep, some of them will make it some of them won't and then the you know the ones that don't make it are 
probably going to come home with a knife set for themselves because they'll have used it too many times in the sales process. They probably won't be able to uh, return it. I know he's saying they can return it, but probably after you've used it to cut something, you won't be able to return yeah. it. There's only so many aluminum, ca- you know, tab cans you can cut in half with a uh, with a knife before it's you know it, it looks a little rough. Even if it's a great knife, you can send it in for uh, sharpening to cut coat for like nine bucks. Great. <laughs> Which probably means they'll just send you a whole new knife. I mean, it probably costs them four bucks to <laughs> manufacture these things. Uh, so now I don't know what their costs are, but no, what I'm pointing I, out here is their costs can't be high if they can, uh, unless you're taking a loss. If they're providing a kit with, I'm assuming oh, several knives, uh, you know, assuming they're providing it at cost to their salespeople, they're probably making a keystone on right. their on they, their sales. They can't be spending very much on the actual production. So you're going after co- young kids that don't really have any life experience. They're in college after all. How can they have life experience? And you're kind of uh, bringing them into the sales world, turning them loose, uh, and then th- th- you're collecting when they buy the uh, the sales kits. And when they go out the door, there's a whole new batch of young kids next year that you can sell the uh, the sales kits to. If it's truly a high-quality knife, there's no way it's four bucks. Uh, we're going to continue this discussion. Steve is on the line. He's got some comments on the whole Cutco situation, and we'd love to hear from you. Hour two's coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We are talking about... Direct sales. Uh, Alex is in New Jersey. He's been approached by a company that is selling knives, not necessarily door-to-door. However, you can get the appointments. They'll uh, pay you to go to an appointment. That's not Uh, true, though. They've got the Better Business uh, seal that says that they don't do door-to-door. I said, however, you get the appointment. They well, don't if set you're the appointments do door for to you. door, and then they have this better business seal. They have to protect that. I so think no. what they're saying is, as a company, they don't do door to door. But if you need to get appointments, Mark, you either pick up the phone and do cold calls. Or you, first, they're going to tell you to work through your network of your friends and your family. That's the easy way to go, right? And I don't think uh, there's anything wrong with door to door sales either. Um, but it's, uh, some, for some reason, the better, better Business Bureau seems to think there is. If I was a real estate agent, I'd be doing door-to-door sales. So uh, so w- you have to get appointments, and somehow you're going to have to, to pull that off. Door-to-door might be one way to go about doing that, and then you're just an independent representative going door-to-door. You're not the actual representative of the, of the – you're not working for the company, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
And so he's evaluating this uh, opportunity that has been presented to him. And he called in to ask us what we think. And, you know, it's a mixed bag. Uh, there's some kind of shady practices. Uh, there's a, a training location that's in a, a really crappy part of town in a, a, a kind of unsavory neighborhood that feels a little weird to be going to. And that certainly doesn't make a good first impression on a, on a potential uh, marketer. Uh, but it, on the other hand, the company has been around for a long time. It's uh, it's Cutco, and they're being marketed by a company called Vector Marketing. They've been doing this for a long time. The uh, you know it's a it's an established product. But then again, as you point out, Mark, a knife's a knife is a knife, right? I mean, some of well, them are better I than mean, others. Why can't you just go buy them at Walmart? Right, or whatever. <laughs> right. They they, they uh, apparently they offer a, a great guarantee and a high quality knife. Yeah. So they say. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell. I wonder how many people who buy these can tell. Um, there certainly are people out there that can. I'm sure my wife mm-hmm. or uh, you know Julia, or, you know your girlfriend, or whomever can tell the difference between a good knife and a bad knife. I'm not the one to evaluate that. It's you know it's it's different. It's difficult. And I say you know evaluate everything before you take the the offer. And because they've that's hired really him. what it is is an offer. And we just found out that they've hired him. He got a phone call while we were on the the phone with him, and we put him on hold. And uh, they've they've hired him. But then again, as the internet, if you just go and research the stuff, uh, and there's a lot to, to look. Look at uh, you're going to find both sides, right? You're going to find some people saying I made a bunch of money at this, and then of course other people who don't understand sales are saying, well, it sucks because you're not getting paid by the hour. So you know, there's there's some truth out there, but you're going to have to sift through a lot of information in order to discover it. At least you actually have the internet today. Whereas if you were approached with this opportunity two decades ago, you'd just have to kind of make a choice, make a guess. You know, if, uh, you, if your time, you know, you'd go with your gut feeling on it, and if you had the time to figure it out and do well at it, you'd do well, and if you didn't, you don't. It seems to me like I want, I want them to prance out the uh, salesmen that have been there for a, a decade. That's who, who I want to talk talk to, to them. It seems to me like uh, there's not necessarily a scam as much as it is taking advantage of young people who don't really know what they're doing in life. Is McDonald's doing that? I I don't, I don't think they have well, an unusual uh, sales system, and yeah. I find I, I could say that I find I'm uncomfortable with their sales system. I don't know what else I'm uncomfortable with. I don't know much about their product, but you know they've they've that that's you know it's an unusual sales system, and people are going to look at that and they're going to call it. Um, they're going to call it a scam. I don't think that that's a problem necessarily. Do you think calling it taking advantage is, is wrong too? I mean, I don't. I don't think they are taking buyer advantage. beware, caveat emptor. They should know better. That kind of thing. I suppose you're right. It, you know, the ultimate well, decision is in Alex's hands. If they're misrepresenting something, that's when it's a scam. If they're mis, they say that they'll give you seventeen twenty five or whatever for setting an appointment, as long as it qualifies. But what does that, that mean? Yeah. And that's where the that is the the devil in the details. What as is? Far as I'm concerned. Let's bring him back. Alex, what is a qualified appointment with this company? Did they go over that information? Well, you can't be a party. It has to be one-on-one. Uh, you, can't, you can't be there with uh, 25 other people pitching that to all of them at the same time. How about a husband they and wife? Be, they must be over the age of 25. How about a husband and, they and wife? Have, and they must have uh, full-time employment. How about a husband and wife? Oh, no, you can do that, as long as it's just not a huge party. What if they're uh, retired? Mm, I don't know. Uh, but they, uh, the the whole reason that they that they claim that you that they have the rules is so that they know that the person that we're pitching it to can actually pay for the knives and that you're not selling it to like a nine year old. Well, the rules are there to protect you, Alex. Let's go to Steve <laughs> in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Alex. Hey guys. Hey Steve, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, a lot of things started popping out real quick. Um, 13 and a quarter for an appointment. Uh, after taxes, that's probably around $9. And uh, you'd have to make eight appointments a day for 40 hours a week, and you'd make about 270 bucks a week. Well, it's no, he's getting commission, too. It's 17 uh, for appointments. But And he'd get commission on a sale. And from what I'm looking at here, you had asked Mark about, well, how does the commission structure work? That's um, compensation is what I asked about. Having, yeah. uh, having read a little bit more during the news break, uh, what I determined, and Alex, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but what I had determined is it's cumulative. So if you sell $1,000 worth of knives, you make 10%. If you sell $3,000, you make 15 or whatever the percentage is, 20%. Uh, but there's Ever? no reset. Yeah, so it's cumulative. Wow. Is that right, Alex? Uh, yes, it is right. That's pretty good. I would say that's a that's a fair compensation package rather than having to bang out $3,000 in sales a month just to make the cut. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you can keep going up and up, that's pretty cool. You've got, you've got these guys that came together. How many people were actually at this meeting, Alex? Uh, 12. You got 12 people that probably all came from the same area, I would assume, uh, because it's right. probably a rented AA building or something like that. But once, once they do that, then you've got, you've got your leads, but there may be a, uh, there may be a crossover because everybody is, is buying for selling in the same region. Right. Um, now, the, the one thing about the leads is that um, there was a concern raised that with the leads, um, you have to get them and that you would go door to door. That's the, I don't think that's the case. What you do is after you get your initial people, they will give you um, leads at the house. So then you would, you would get uh, like five or ten uh, other people that they know to, uh, to you know, talk to. Alex, call. here's the part where I get a little skeptical, is the idea that, um, you know, first off, when you do this the first time in the first week, the first month, you're going to be a little ham-fisted at it. You know, you're, you're going to be less than, uh, less than suave in your knife pitch. Sure. And that's going to come through to some people as uh, you know, like, this is a bad pitch. I don't want to experience this. I'd like to I'd like him to go away. That kind of thing. And those people are not, I'm sorry, going to provide you with any leads. So they, they tell you They'll provide you with leads. Well, yes, you'll ask them for leads, and they'll provide the leads that they provide, but that doesn't mean that you will get five leads from every appointment no. that you go to. Right. But, but right. that is a good yep. system, generally, to ask for referrals. Yeah, I no like to ask that. for referrals after I've done business with somebody. Not, not, you know, I mean, see, that's the, the idea, is that they're selling the sale. They're not selling the knife. And that bothers me. He's going to ask for the, the referral at the end of the sale. He's not going to ask for the referral after he's done, after these people have used the knives and experienced the knives and mm. had them in their home for yeah. a while. When I ask for a referral from a customer, after they've been satisfied. I, I, I do it after the end of their run because I want other people to, to hear, yes, I bought ads with Free Talk Live. Those ads worked. I got X number of additional sales. Things were awesome. I would yeah. buy with them again. What I, that, I'm, that's not what I'm hearing, and that's not how it works. Steve, any other thoughts for Alex? Yeah, is there a knife sharpener in the kit? <laughs> they, uh, I don't think the knives can be sharpened uh, because of the, because they are serrated with some kind of patent pending system, um, and it cuts in you know forward, backward, and down. And, um, <laughs> but, what, but what you can do is you can send them back to the company, and I believe they replace them for free because they have a lifetime guarantee, and you can transfer the lifetime guarantee in a will. 
It says here that it's uh, $9 shipping. Well, they're, car- they're charging shipping and handling. They're saying it's free, but it's a 9 6 and $9 uh, shipping and handling charge. Hey, uh, Steve, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Alex, let us know what you decide, and if you'd go with it, give us uh, the play-by-play. Let us know hey, how it's I'll, going I'll for do, you. I'm doing the training date, and I'll call you after. All right, man. Thanks. Good luck. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including the chat room. You can head over to chat.freetalklive.com, get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners during the show and any old time if they're there, chat.freetalklive.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls. Still on the topic of the knife-selling uh, direct sales companies, uh, let's go to Brian in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Oh, yeah, I, I've been listening to you, and I've assessed this whole deal. It's it's like any other thing with these lifetime guarantees. You know, they, it's an inexpensively made item. It's probably a decent product. They put a lifetime guarantee on it, knowing that you're going to lose the paperwork. You know, you'll replace the knives. You'll forget about the guarantee. And if you do use the guarantee, they're going to charge you enough for shipping and handling. It's like these free books with twenty nine ninety five shipping. They're not free. They're nailing, nailing you enough on the shipping and handling to pay for the $3 knife that comes from South well, Korea or wherever. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair uh, to the to the to the company, they say on their website that if you send in like one to three knives, it's nine bucks for the shipping, and then if or six bucks, and if it's four or more, then it's uh, it's nine dollars. So they're not charging you by the knife. Uh, okay, where are the knives made though? I have no idea. I I don't know. Well, they 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 crank out a hundred of them, for sure. probably two hundred bucks overseas, and you know it's probably not a bad knife, but you know. Do you remember to send them in when they break? Mm-hmm. And the reason they probably want you to sell them one-on-one, if you get a party of 20 people, there'll be one smart guy like me yeah. that says, don't waste your Wait money. Go to, Co- go to Costco, buy the Henkel knives for 100 bucks that come with a wooden stand, and they're probably the best knife you can buy for the money, and forget these other things. Well said, so, Brian. Any other thoughts? And he'll and he'll run it for the other nine possible customers, and everybody will be going to Costco and buying their knives there. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And in fact, that's what it popped into my head when I heard that rule was uh, they just don't want people talking each other down is what they don't want. Well, they don't, yeah, or they're, they're the one smart guy that tells them where to yeah. go to get the best deal on one of the best knives out there right now. In fact, they have their corporate headquarters here in Scottsdale on the side of the road. It's about an $8 million building. And Yeah, I'd heard, I was reading through the thread, and I saw, what was the brand name on that again? It's Henkel. They're a German-made knife, I believe, H-E-N-K-E-L. They may be made in another country, but I think they were originally... I don't care where they're made, as long as they cut my damn food. Thank you for the call, dude. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you. What's I, their ad I, budget? I agree, I agree with him. Wait, what? What's their ad budget? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, but I agree with him. Like uh, well, I'll go with the, the store see, brand any old thing. I see him benefiting from uh, Henkel knives. I mean, you know, how many times did he mention Henkel knives? In I asked call? him to mention it a second time. He mentioned right. it once. And just uh, you know, they're in Scottsdale. I where did that just he to piss is. you off, actually. Right. And, and you know, what's the point of that? Pissing These are the you best off? darn knives ever. How do you know? <laughs> 
They're good enough, though. What he's pointing out is they are just a brand that's sold at a mass market retailer, and, you know, you get your block and all of the stuff with it, probably for a fraction of the cost that uh, the direct sales company is going to sell it for. And we all know that uh, market... You don't know how this direct sales company's business plan works, man. You're not an expert at this. You have done I know that network multi- marketing. That is not what these people do. But the stuff's I agree always with everything the caller said, except I don't know anything about Henkel, and it annoys me that, um, you know, that it, you would, you know, sort of, yeah, yeah, because they sell them at Costco, they must be the best darn knives made, and I don't care where they are, as long as they cut my steak. You, you don't like Cutco, you do like Henkel, you don't know crap about <laughs> Either one of these things. No, I don't know, and I, I never said I knew anything about it. But, but I you're do acting know that like you do. I do know that I'll take the cheaper knife set from the uh, the big box discount store any day over some sort of three hundred dollars set. I'm with you. So that's what I know, Mark. And now you're saying you're with me. I anyway, just, let's talk to look, Ken. Here, let me tell you about this. I got some crappy steak knives seven years ago for letting some guy do a Kirby demonstration in my yeah. living room. All right? I've still got two of them left because I probably used the other two to uh, tighten a, a flathead screw on my uh, lawnmower yeah. or something. And those things have been cutting my steak perfect. Hell yeah. That's what I'm Why saying. Why do you need... Ankle, great knives from Costco. I mean, I didn't say they were great. I don't know anything about them. Knives, serrated knives don't get dull unless you use them to cut things that you shouldn't have been cutting them with. They for sounded the first cheap place. to me. A hundred bucks for a whole set of knives with How, the block. What's a set of knives? You, you, you're talking about eight knives for a hundred bucks. That's I don't not know, cheap. Man. Not cheap. I don't it know. Does I sound rather expensive. It. I haven't seen the product. Sorry, Mark. man. I mean, get, go, go call up Hinkle. See if you can do an endorsement. <laughs> You are getting so upset. You're, a, you're just jumping on board with any old thing and berating people you don't know crap about. No, I saw you getting all upset, and I knew it would make you more upset if I mentioned them again. All right, let's talk to Ken in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I'm actually in a unique position. Uh, my parents have had Cutco knives since I was... Since I can remember, and I'm 24 right now. Wow. And you loved them so much, you grew up and decided to sell them. No. no. And my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend did, and she ended up making 800 bucks over the course of a whole summer. She could have made more at McDonald's. Mm. But I personally have a set of Henkel knives. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Is it, are, you, are you telling the truth, or are you just saying that to Jab and I Mark? Am, I am absolutely telling the truth. My brother got them for me for Christmas. It came with the 12-pack and the butcher block. 12 and, knives, uh, see, Mark? 12, not 8. Well, that's the 12 steak knives. I wish you'd listen to these people. It's a, <laughs> this isn't that your job. Wait, There's is it a steak knife? steak knives. Is, why would you need 12 steak block. knives? It's not 12 steak, steak knives. knives. I have six steak knives and six uh, varying knives for my, kitchen. My mistake. Kids. See? Nya, nya, nya. My mistake. All right. So, and I've also I've so, also worked in kitchens professionally for two years. Yeah. So I have experience with knives. So what do you think? So in your face, Mark. Um, <laughs> Cutco knives are definitely better, but the ankle knives get the job done for me. So What's the price difference? Depends. What's the price difference between a similar set uh, with the Cutco? Um. I would guess it's somewhere in the four hundred dollar range. I don't know. My parents bought them. So like four to one. Ago, so, so four times more expensive. You think maybe for the the Cutco? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I've had these for I've had these for a year and a half, and my parents have had them for twenty. So now, what about sharpening? Can you, can you sharpen that product? No, not at all. You you can't sharpen it at all. It it comes out as it is, and you're stuck with the way it is. So. So uh, is it supposed to be uh, something you don't even ever have to sharpen because of the way it's uh, it's manufactured? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know too, too much about it. I was giving it as a gift, and it's worked out great for me. So. Oh, yeah. There you go. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I don't know what the best knives in the world are out there. I like a, I I'm like you, Mark. Want Does it cut? cut? I just don't want Cutco to get short shrifted here. They've been, you know, you've called out their name on the air. I wouldn't have done it. Um, I don't want them to, you know, to, to feel, you know, listen to this and feel like we've treated them unfairly. I want like to treat advertise. them completely <laughs> fairly. And, well, it ignores Hinkle, man. How do you know? Maybe you should put them on your prospects list. I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right. Well, there is a little bit more here uh, to the story. Uh, according to Scam.com, the forums there. I don't like the, even the name of them, but go ahead. One of the uh, the people here has uh, some experience with all of this, and we'll share some of that with you here in a moment. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we'll find out what it's like to be on the kind of the inside here of this direct sales world and if you've got an experience you want to share with us we'd love to hear from you 800-259-9231 as a customer or perhaps as a, as a representative uh, let us know how it was for you this is free talk live you can also bring up whatever you want take control of the airwaves 800-259-9231 They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We will continue here taking your phone calls about whatever you want. People have had a lot to say about the issue of direct marketing, uh, specifically the world of knives. Let's go to Jeremy in Rhode Island. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Hi. Um, Well, to to me, it's just knives, $500. That doesn't add up to me because I'm just using it to cut fruits and vegetables and a steak maybe. Kind of seems scammy. But um, I don't know. For my experience, I just I wouldn't go for it. It doesn't seem very profitable. How old are you, Jeremy? Um, I'm sorry. How old are you? I am 22. There you go. See, that's why they say nobody under the age of 25 do they get a uh, do they give uh, money for an appointment for. So you're, as far as they're concerned, <laughs> unqualified, Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you know, I I know I can uh, I know Amazon kind of severed ties with their Rhode Island affiliates, okay, uh, or associates. Yeah, but um, I actually just purchased the private the privatization of roads and highways, human and economic factors, mm-hmm. um, off of Amazon.freetalklive.com. Thank you. Excellent. And I'd like to remind people, if you're going to buy a book, buy it through Amazon. Or if you're going to buy a knife set, buy it through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Oh, God, now he's figured out where he wants to buy knives. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I was uh, I actually never heard of Walter Block. I hate to change the subject from knives because it's right. really interesting. 
But um, I never heard of him until that interview the other day. And I thought he was great, but I really feel he didn't get enough time. I mean, he's Cuggo, and I got a lot more time than Walter Block. Walter Block had a whole hour on the show. I mean, how much do you want? Uh, more time than the Cutco Knife Skit. Hmm. Well, too bad. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I mean, Walter Block, he was, he was entertaining, and well, usually we keep entertaining guests on for an entire hour. Yeah, he asked specifically how long he was going to be on. Walter Block is a, uh, you know, a well-compensated professor and probably one of the premier libertarian thinkers of our time. It's probably not cool of us to just say, hey, you're going to be on for an hour, and then, oh, can we hold you on? It's not fair to ask a guest on the air can you stay? It's hard once you have a planned cutoff time to decide, you know, that bre- that segment, um, you decide you want to keep him on. You can't ask him ahead of time. Then you have to say goodbye to him at the end of it. What are you going to do? Like you're in, in this real dilemma. Have I made that clear, Ian? No, not really. I wasn't okay. paying attention. Let me try one more time. Um, so you decide in the last segment, we should keep on Walter Block. But you yeah. can't ask him on the air because it's rude. I could ask. I've asked people on the air to I understand you have, but I'm of the opinion that it is rude um, to ask people on the air. Because they'll feel pressure to say yes? Correct. They're on on in front of hundreds of thousands of people, um, and, you know, what? You can't stay? What what kind of guest are you? Um, I wouldn't say that. No, you wouldn't say that, but the listener may in their own mind. Hmm. So it, I, I consider it to be rude to ask somebody on the air whether they can stay or not. Um, and secondly... You've never told me you thought that's rude. Uh, I think I have, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Whatever. I consider it rude and um, not terribly rude, mind you. It's still an offer and you can kind of get the feel of how you're talking to the person, whether you can do it or not. But, it, you know, it's 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 verging on rudeness. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the, uh, the the last segment, if you decided in the last segment, you have to say goodbye. So you can't really ask them after the segment. You're really in this quandary. You have to decide before the last segment whether or not you're going to do it. And you're not really thinking about that. You're thinking about what am I going to say in the next segment? Right. And it's not really a guest-based show. Uh, we, it was a Saturday night show when we had Walter Block on, and I wanted to get to uh, the other callers that have things they want to talk about. And Walter so, Block was a great interview, from yeah. what I understand, though. Lots of people commented. On so it. one of the one more comment here on this uh, the Cutco direct sales knife sales uh, from somebody who apparently was involved for a little while. He says, "Let me clear a few things up. First of all, vector marketing and Cutco aren't a scam, but rather companies that appear to be built on a foundation of misleading and deceptive practices." The product itself is a great product and top of the line for kitchen cutlery, so that can't be argued with. However, that's not the problem. The real issue with this company is the way they train and treat their employees. From day one, which, by the way, are they really employees? I guess they are if they're getting paid to go do a presentation. It looks like an employee and acts like an employee. As far as the United States government goes, it is an employee. From day one, it's a little suspicious to show up in an interview where you have no idea what you'll be doing beyond working for some sort of marketing company. In addition, in the training meetings, it's apparent that most anyone that mostly anyone gets hired to work for the company if they meet basic qualifications, like fogging a mirror. So the whole <laughs> special feeling that you get when you feel like you've beat out the other candidates as you're told at the interview quickly diminishes when you find out that everybody gets hired. Uh, somebody else earlier in the thread points out that uh, they came back in and they didn't even recognize him after they'd hired him because <laughs> they just hire so many people. Right. And that's that in and of itself is a problem. Why are they hiring so many people? Because they want to sell them all sales kits. Well, I don't know. that. No, that's not true. That's no. likely these sales. I don't know about this. You, you, you're convinced that the sales kit is the, 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 the crux of this, and I don't think it is. I think that it's just what this guy said. It's that, the, the, you know, the way the employees are gone through. The reason they're hiring all those employees, to me, 
this is a guess, is because they go through a lot of employees. Yes. Why do they go through a lot of employees? Sales. It's tough. If it's a great place to work, not true. If it's a great place to work, then they'll keep employees. But sales is tough, Mark. I mean, when when new salesmen get those no's, which they'll get... That's mostly what you're going to get. Uh, it, it, it's, it's very dis. Uh, Learjet is not going through a bunch of salespeople. No, that's true. Just saying. You know, there's, there's better They're burning and worse through the ways. numbers. Yeah. They're burning through the numbers. The, you know, and, and that's why I said I believe they're taking kind of taking advantage of young people that don't really know what they're getting into. And, of course, it is buyer beware, and they should be doing well, their research before they join that's up. That's partly true, but any job you're likely to land if you haven't had much work experience is not going to be a particularly good job in and of itself, most likely. I mean, your alternative, you can work in fast food. You can work in retail, but really your compensation is not likely to be that great. It won't be based on performance, that's for sure. You're not going to get paid at McDonald's based on how many burgers you sell. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true, but... But there are going to be more people coming through the door the next day to buy another burger. And that's one of the things I wanted to bring up about all this, is that selling knives has to be pretty difficult because... Who doesn't have knives at home? I mean, how many well, you're people selling are selling really... the value of the knife, the guarantee of the knife? Uh... I understand that, but you're trying to. But who doesn't have knives, right? So you have to sell somebody on the idea that, well, your knife set uh, is either if it's dull, then that makes sense. Then they're going to be looking for new knives. But it's like selling mattresses, which is what uh, the network marketing company I joined up with when I was 19 was doing. How many? How often does somebody have to buy a mattress? I mean, it amazes me that mattress stores can even stay in business. I guess there are There's that a huge many. Profit margin on them. There is a large profit margin, margin no doubt, uh, but I guess there are just that many people that are, you know they've gone through 15 years or 10 years or 20 years, however long their mattress lasted them, and they're now in the market for a mattress, and there's just enough to keep the businesses going. But for me, doing uh, doing sales, I'd be more interested in selling a consumable product, you know, a vitamin or something like that, something that uh, people need to come back and get the next month. Uh, because once you sell the the knife set, that, most, those people are done for. I, I don't know that I uh, I don't know I agree with I, if I agree with that. I think that uh, you know people go through things, and you, you want what you want to sell is you want to sell a good quality product that you can believe in, and you want to be with a company that treats you well and doesn't uh, you know jerk you around. And I don't you know I don't know anything about these specific companies, but those would be a lot of the things that I would be looking for. He says in the uh, post on the forum at scam.com when being taught how the job works and is comprised we receive no legal documents but are required to take notes on what the manager is saying this allows for a large area of confusion the two words that best describe the way pay and appointment setups take place are purposely misleading because of this technically the managers didn't lie but rather made things purposely confusing for example when taught on how the pay system works we copied down a formula which consisted of the following pay equals base plus incentive since we were taught that we were to receive a base pay of $15 regardless of whether we made a sale, any logical thinker would assume that you receive $15 plus any commission you make. That's what I was thinking when he was explaining it to us earlier. But, but the $15 is actually ba- the base pr- plus the incentive. The incentive for the employee is to keep selling so your commission increases and gets added to the base rate of $15. However, I quickly learned this was not at all true after I got my first paycheck. Apparently, they explained to us that you either get the base pay or you get the commission if it's higher and not both. And that's fine. That, that makes sense. Right. It's just it shouldn't be misleading. But they need to make it clear to people. And, and from how his, long before you get that first paycheck? Is it two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? He said he got he got shorted on the paychecks as well. They're not very uh, well kind of explained on the check. You have to keep track of your own numbers if you want to be able to compare it. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Mark, I know you had an email about a lifeboat situation. Pull that up. We'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about the uh, one of the ways you can help support the show. We mentioned it a few moments ago. It's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We've been talking about uh, direct sales and knives all night. I'm sure Amazon sells various different knife sets. They sell virtually everything. So if you are looking for a new pair of knives or a new set of knives, uh, Free Talk Live will get the commission if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You don't have to invite somebody into your home to uh, to pitch you or anything like that. Just go and do your shopping from the quiet of your uh, den or your basement or wherever your computer is. Uh, get the ordering done. You can read reviews of the items that you're looking at, which is why I think one of the most useful parts about Amazon's website. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter through that link. Buy whatever you need. They've got dozens of categories. You can even buy used items. And again, that's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Mark, do you have that I do. Email? And it's not it's not an email. It's a, uh, oh, okay. it's a post to the BBS, but I still, uh, still liked it. BBS.freetalklive.com. Gotcha. Uh, it's our message board Hundreds of thousands of posts, thousands of posters. Yes, um, and I'm just I'm just going to take excerpts from this. Uh, this is a very long post from this gal. Okay, I've been learning a lot about the voluntariest way of thinking about things and approaching problems, but I have to admit that there are still plenty of situations that my thinking doesn't automatically apply a voluntariest approach. My husband, who has been learning all about this stuff for the last year or so has slowly been teaching me. We often have conversations where I'll present him with a scenario or problem. He explains to me how it should or would be handled in a voluntary society, which leads me to my question. I'm in college in my psychology class. We, uh, we studied the Kohlberg theory of moral development. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with it, but in connection with the theory, an ethical dilemma is raised, and, and one is to apply each level of moral development to the dilemma in order to determine how the character would, within the dilemma would respond. When okay. my husband looked at the uh, chart with the levels of moral development, he felt that they were pretty anti-liberty and kind of backwards. We were also asked as part of the assignment to put ourselves in the dilemma and to explain how we would react and then determine where we believed ourselves to be in the moral development scale. Now, this may seem like a pointless hypothetical question for me to be bringing into your forum. That's the BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. So I'll explain why I am. I want to know how voluntarists would respond. I'm seeing that these beliefs are more than just political beliefs. My husband's entire paradigm has shifted to include more principled, liberty-oriented, moral, and ethical standards. Ian, good would man, you, good would, man. Would you say that the, you know, the voluntarist way is your ethical standard, and that's what you use to look at the world? It's a pretty moral way to look at things, I would it's, say so. I, I find that uh, the, the libertarian standard, as I view the word libertarian, uh, you know, is the way that I look at uh, the world, too. So... Yes. And the voluntarist It's ideal. a moral standard. It's really not politics. It's a way of looking at everything. The fact is, um, as, we, as, as a poster in the, the forum says here, everybody conducts themselves by and large in a pro-liberty fashion throughout their day every day. In a voluntarist fashion in that they are only doing things by consent. Two parties, if uh, two or more parties are involved, they're all consenting to uh, the transaction. That's the way business is done. There are only a few exceptions to the voluntarist standard, and that is those who will use coercive force to achieve their means, whether it be a uh, criminal breaking into your home, or whether it be the criminal uh, government people making demands of you and extracting money and, uh, and your wealth and your obedience from you. I, 
I'm not sure that I'm I, by and large most people most of the time follow that standard. I don't know if it's only a few exceptions. I would argue that probably a majority of people have at some point in their life shoplifted or done something that would be seen as some kind of a transgression. Sure. Well, I'm not excluding people simply because they have violated the aggression principle one time in their life. I'm talking about the majority of actions, the vast majority of actions that go on in America, right. in the world, are done in a, in a fashion where, you know, two consenting adults decide, you know, what medium of exchange they want to, you know, give for what serve good or service. Absolutely. You know, whatever it is, that the vast majority of actions. I'm basing if that on, weren't true, it would be actions, chaos. not individuals. Yeah, and that's certainly true. Most people, most of the time, are acting, interacting on a voluntary basis. And they have no need to resort to violence. Right. Like, and mostly, um, and I would say also that most, that the, all of the people have resorted to force or fraud to get their way at some point in life. So you, you, one can use. It uh, may usually come before adulthood, like during uh, when you're a kid and you don't uh, know any better. Force and fraud. I mean, adulthood. Okay. So um, let well, me. The only time I've ever taken something from a store, I think I was three years old. I grabbed a pack of gum off the, the you know, the impulse buy shelf, and my mom told me you're not supposed to do that. So I learned my lesson. I'd at, say you're a particularly point. good kid. Uh, so, so what? So when we talk about these issues of voluntarism, usually the critics have to go to the ludicrous extreme to even try to make a point against voluntarism. So where is she going with all this? Well, I I hate the term ludicrous because in this world. There are infinite, you know, there's, there's so many individuals and so many different things those individuals can do in their lives that if you just read the news, you'll find ludicrous scenarios in every, uh, every day in the newspapers. So I hate using that term. Well, I just I, want to hear what it is. All right, here we go. The Heinz Dilemma. In Europe, a woman who was near death from a very, why does it matter if it's in Europe, a very special kind of cancer. Okay, special cancer. There was one drug that the doctors um, thought might save her. It was a form of radium that the druggist in the same town that they lived in had recently discovered. The drug was expensive to make, but the druggist was charging ten times what the drug cost him to make. He paid $200 for the radium and charged $2,000 for a small dose of the drug. The sick woman's husband, Heinz, went to, uh, went to everyone he knew to borrow the money, but he could only get together about $1,000, which was half of what the cost was. He told the druggist that his wife was dying and he asked him to sell it to her cheaper or to let him pay later. But the druggist said, no, I discovered the drug and I'm going to make my money from it. So Heinz got desperate and broke into the man's store to steal the drug for his wife. So Heinz, uh, should Heinz have done that and why? Of course he shouldn't have done that. Well, um, <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that first That's off, stealing. It, the, well, the, <laughs> seems obviously wrong. Okay. So his wife dies. Um, you see, this is, these are the dilemmas that, uh, for one, they're very difficult for, for libertarians because they're presented in the wrong manner. In, in this, if you're talking about a, a libertarian world, the fact is Heinz, uh, would have been able to go to someone and get the, thousand uh, dollars by and promising his, his work into indenturehood. You know, he could say, look, I'll work I'll for you. I'll enslave myself. In order to, I'll enslave myself. I'll indenture myself to you for a year, uh, for a thousand dollars. My wife is important to me. Right. And, and then he would get the thousand dollars. He'd go to the druggist and get it. Um, it, now, if you want me to work within this scenario, but that's why it's ludicrous because it doesn't apply, the well, real world is not applying here. It's, it, it's ludicrous because they give you they um, they just give you a yes or no. Right, they're setting and, the parameters for the right. discussion. And yes or no doesn't uh, doesn't cover it in this scenario. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know uh, you know what 
the right or the wrong thing to do. Uh, you know, I, 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 as far as yes or no, yes, I would break into that building in order to save my wife. However, I think that the moral and ethical thing to do is to bring the thousand dollars with me, set it on the counter along with a note that says, um, "Look, I." had to have this stuff in order to take uh, in order to take care of my wife here's a thousand dollars and my telephone number and you promised to pay the other thousand back or well i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything like that he already i already asked him about that and he didn't say that call me up and we'll discuss it but now i've got the drug and my, i'm going, going to give it to my wife and you would know you were wrong in your in your actions well i right? think that i think that the druggist is wrong too Person. Wrong for charging an arbitrary amount for his services. I mean, he created the cure for cancer. He wants to charge a few bucks for it. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but you, but I would assume the husband says, "Hey, my wife is dying. I've got a thousand dollars." I'm sure, he hears that all day and all night. Yeah, well, whatever. Nick, you're kind of silent over there. Any thoughts? It's a difficult question. I've heard similar thought experiments posed, and I have to agree with Mark. I mean, I think realistically, I would probably actually take it. I can't say that I wouldn't. But you would know you were wrong. It's definitely an immoral action, is it not? Yeah, but one has to wonder how much that matters if it doesn't actually prevent me from stealing it. Then I can say I was wrong, but I still did it. So one has to wonder how valuable it is that I say it's wrong. So, I I mean, I think the correct thing to do would be to make the druggist here whole. I mean, I think I would... I I agree with that. I wouldn't complain about having a judgment against me for $1,000 or however... You know, however it, much I've taken from him. It reminds me about, uh, it reminds me of like the hurricane situation that somebody presented with us before. The right. idea it's, always, it's, always, it's always some, uh, you know, outlandish uh, situation. It's you and me in a boat and all we've got is a hacksaw and a schnauzer. Right. And, you know, but the hurricane <laughs> one is more realistic. I mean, the idea that, you know, some natural disaster is bearing down. Uh, you need to get some bread. There's a store over there. It's empty. People are running out with food in their hands. Do you go in and do you take the bread? That's a much more realistic kind of scenario, much more certainly likely. Certainly happened in New Orleans recently. Right. Uh, and in that case, I think that uh, if it's a life and death thing, certainly the rules do change. And I think that uh, in that case, you are absolutely in the right to lay down some money or come back later on, you know, return to that same location when the, uh, the employees are actually there staffing the store and say, hey, I took, you know, some bread during the, the disaster and I wanted to, to compensate you for it. I think that would be the right th- the way to do the most right in a situation where wrong is, is, is being perpetrated. Hour three is coming up. You can uh, bring up whatever you want. Chime in on this or anything else. Free Talk Live. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 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 This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. 
And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Lots of features, all completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start things out by going right back into your calls. Vince is on the line in Indiana, or Indiana rather. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian and Mark. How are you doing tonight? Vince, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I was want, I want to tell you, I uh, watched this C-SPAN. They had this book notes on, and this Bill Ayers and his wife Bernadette Drone were on. They were members of the uh, so-called FBS back in the mid-60s. And uh, I was a member of the Students for a Democratic Society when I was in high school, but uh, and my cousins were a member of it at the University, but the biggest thing was being the opposition to the Vietnam War. And, uh, you know, those people, I think, you know, if you ever wanted to learn how committed they were, you know, you may disagree with a lot of their things, but those people were very committed to ending the Vietnam War and ending the draft. Because uh, I was 16 years old at the time, and, you know, and 18 year olds were subject to the draft prior to 1974. And, you know, and a bunch of us at, at, at a small town in Goshen, Indiana, you know, we got together and uh, had an anti war rally. It surprised a lot of people, but. So you're yeah. saying that uh, you just want to say that people were committed to ending the war? I'm not sure what your point is tonight. Well, they're, 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 my point is that, you know, if you ever listen, listen to the media and uh, talk to. You know, his, you know, supposed involvement with Barack Obama, and they sit there and tell you that he's a bomber and uh, he wanted to destroy, you know, the draft offices and all that. He did none of that. Okay. nothing to do with that. But, but what I'm saying is he was opposed to the Vietnam War, and the reason why the Vietnam War, like you hear the people opposed to the Iraqi War and the so-called wars now that we've got going on, it's the veterans that are coming back. Just like they did in Vietnam. What's coming back? I'm sorry, it's a little hard to understand you. They were coming back from the wars, like in the Vietnam War, and how horribly they were treated over there, and how you know, and how and how horribly they were treated when they came back to America to their own homes. I'm sorry, Vince. I'm having a real tough time understanding you tonight. We got to let you go. Thank you for the call. I, I can't. I like Vince. He's a nice guy. Uh, but if I can't understand what you're saying, it's it not... sounds like the phone was uh, overmodulating or something. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's talk to Luke in Michigan. Luke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, this is Luke. Luke, what's on your mind tonight? How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight, Luke? Well, um, there is um, California has spent themselves into oblivion over the last 20 years, I'm mm-hmm. sure you all know, and now they're having to issue IOUs to everybody. Yep. They're having to issue them to welfare recipients, senior citizens, anybody who they're supposed to be paying, even to their in- internal departments, to their to their creditors, to just everybody. I mean, it's just a big mess, and the reason why they got into the mess is that Schwarzenegger and the legislature who's Democratic was just going back and forth, and they couldn't come to a consensus. And then the, the state controller said, well, if you can't come to a consensus, I'm just going to have to issue IOUs. So that's, that's basically what's going to happen now. They, and it's going to drive them, and I read in the news, it's basically going to drive them into a, just this big mess well, so that they can't. I, I, I'd like to get a point of clarification here. You mentioned Schwarzenegger and the current legislators. But 
do you consider that that the fact that they are you know so far in the hole that they have to uh, issue IOUs to be the fault of the current administration and the current legislator? Or do you think that it's all the legislatures and all the administrations up to this point that have spent frivolously? It's been all the legislators and everybody up to this point. It's, it had no. It hasn't just been Schwarzenegger and the current legislature. That's kind of my feeling. It's been everything. I mean, they they've just been the poster child for socialism. And now we see where socialism gets you. It just gets you into bankruptcy. Yep. The problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of other people's money, as uh, yeah. Margaret Thatcher is uh, so well quoted. You'll pro- uh, you'll push the producers out of the uh, out of the area. They'll move somewhere else where they're going to be allowed to do their uh, production, create their products and services in the way they think is best without being burdened by so many taxes and regulations. And if the producers leave, then where are they going to get the money from to uh, to to distribute? Where is it going to come from? Yep. Yeah, well, it may come from the federal government. The federal government might step in with a bailout, which would mean that all of the American taxpayers uh, would then be on the hook for California's mistakes. You know, I was talking to a guy who has a business at Porkfest. I was talking to uh, a guy who wants to move up. He's trying to convince his employer, his employer's in New Jersey, but you can replace California because all of these, uh, you know, the, the larger socialist states, the big ones like Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, California, there, Illinois, they all have a tendency to run themselves the same way. And um, he was he was like, yeah, my employers are looking at moving to New Hampshire. Now, likely because this guy's told them about it, they'd get a huge pay raise just by moving. Wow! Because there's you know there's there's no income tax there. The business yep. is paying income taxes and sales taxes if they're selling a product in state. Yep. So, so and uh, there's you know all kinds of business taxes that uh, that that you know, come across to businesses that we never see, inventory yeah. taxes, capital taxes, and all, all kinds of stuff. Thanks, Luke, for the call tonight. The heads up, I actually had that story over the weekend. Uh, when we say that, when I say that we never see them, we don't see them in the sense that we know that they're there, but we do see them in the sense that we have to dole out because businesses are in the business of making a profit. If they don't make a profit, they don't stay in business, so therefore they pass all their costs on to you if they're doing their job well. Right, but when you say you don't see them, you don't know what they all are, sure. the names of them and where they're applied. According to the story over at the Financial Times at FT.com, uh, apparently their fiscal year has left the state's cash reserves empty. IRUs will be issued to a range of creditors, including contractors such as information technology companies and the food service groups that cater for prisons. So you have to ask yourself, if you're a business person who's doing business with the government of California, would you continue? How long are you going to accept IOUs for as you're delivering food and product that costs you money? Uh, I mean, it's this is the price you pay you're for doing do it business. For a while. Well, it's the price you pay for doing business with criminals. Uh, that's what the state is. There's nothing but a bunch of people acting crim- uh, criminally. Uh, so when the the money train runs out, well, too bad. So I don't feel sorry for any of the people that were providing them with services and uh, and products. But I just wonder how long will they go on for? How long will uh, California, you know, be able to even bring food into its prisons if the people that are providing the service aren't getting paid for it? Well, it it, it really I think a lot of it will depend on how much faith other people in the marketplace are putting in those IOUs. Because if you're yeah. that company. And lenders or other businesses have a lot of faith in those IOUs that you're getting from the state of California. Not that I imagine they have a whole lot of faith in it. But if they believe that those IOUs are going to be made good, they might extend you credit Mm -hmm. or do business with you based on the idea that you're going to get paid back. But the more debt that's issued that way, the more California puts itself in the hole issuing IOUs at this point, the less people are going to have faith in those IOUs themselves. So I I think – 
I, at some point, the businesses just can't afford to continue to contract with the state of California. Right, and that's really what it's going to come down to is that at some point they won't be able to afford to do it because the business owners are probably going to believe that California is going to pay because they have the ability to uh, extract wealth from people at you know through force rather than through uh, actually providing goods and services. They're not like a regular business. True, they can go and, con- and well, rob people, but they don't have they don't have the printing press in California. No, nope, and but- they couldn't hike taxes in this case because the voters have had the referendum against it. So they shot it down, yeah. Right. So I mean, the legislature just can't slap on new taxes unless right. the the but voters are willing to go for it. Sure. And if you're delivering, but if you're delivering food to prisons, prisons are if you look at the 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 Maswell's hierarchy of needs for the state, mm-hmm. if there is such a thing, and there isn't, but uh, let's let's look at it. At the top is going to be social welfare programs. You know, the vocational uh, rehabilitation programs where they give uh, eyeglasses to people who uh, you know have bad backs so they can go back to work or whatever it is that they do. Next below that is the the social welfare programs where they give uh, milk to poor families and things like that. Next below that, um, you know, they, they, they have these these strata, and I don't know exactly how they go, but, you know, they're going to have these strata of things, and, and that prisons is going to be higher than a lot of stuff. You know, the state's going to stop fixing roads before they let the, the prisoners starve. They'll kick prisoners out before they run yeah, out of they money. they will do that. So the, the state's going to figure out how to do this, and these IOUs are pretty good stuff. The, it's going to be a while before the uh, business you know, businesses choose not to, you know, take these IOUs. I don't know, man. It's the first time they've been paying with IOUs. That's got to be a little heads sure up is. for whoever's running those businesses. Nah. We'll see over time, I guess. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free. We also have a Facebook page, by the way. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Become a fan there. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audio books, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And that's the only way you're going to get the free audiobook is by going to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, as in Free Talk Live. And they got everything over there, all the, the new releases and some uh, likely any book you might want. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right. We continue here. We'll take your calls if you make them about anything to 1-800-259-9231. You know, we were talking about money with California having uh, to issue IOUs to their contractors, their creditors, people that uh, they, that are providing services, like people uh, providing food to their prisons, for instance. They're basically saying, oh, we don't have any money right now, but we are expecting to have some at some point in the future, so we'll send a check your way when we get a chance. And you're saying, Mark, that people are gullible. They're going to go well, ahead and, and take this and, and you know, believe I, it's going to happen. I'd like to retract that. These people are not being gullible. They're going to get paid on these IOUs. Um, it, it does it does bring the state down to a new level of uh, money mismanagement and all that other stuff. But this is really just like another one of those situations where the government's shutting down tomorrow. I mean, you know, if you look at the news, you'll find all kinds of instances where local and state governments, and even there for a while during the Clinton administration, the federal government came to a standstill, as though it really came to a standstill because it didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, and this is just another one of those things. The fact 
fact is, while government um, continues to have the ability to uh, extract wealth from people uh, without you know, participating in the marketplace through the threats of force, they're going to have plenty of money to do what it is that they need to do. They may cut a program here and there, maybe some people to get laid off, but big, fat, hairy deal. They're going to continue on their merry way. I know I heard that uh, New Hampshire is increasing its meals tax from 8 to 9%, as though 8 weren't outrageously high enough. So these uh, government guys will do their best to get as much money in as they possibly can and the marketplace be damned and any business owner that's trying to actually make ends meet. Well, if this pushes you over into the edge of uh, bankruptcy, too bad. Uh, their their world, their business of uh, extracting money is too important to be concerned about what will happen to you, the little people. Uh, but here's a little bit more about money, according to, this is Larkin Rose at kickingthedragon.com, talking about the national debt. He says, I just watched a video about the national debt, and it went on and on about fiscal responsibility, the problem with the deficit, how bad it is now, and the projections for how it will get a lot worse. But underlying the seemingly virtuous message was a huge, utterly insane assumption. The assumption underlying almost all discussion you'll hear about such things. The notion that there could even be a national debt. Now, in literal terms, without the authoritarian propaganda spin, here is how things work. A bunch of liars and crooks, declaring themselves to be our rightful rulers, steal tons and tons of money from the rest of us. Then they spend far more than they steal and declare that the difference, the debt, is our responsibility. (laughs) And almost everyone accepts it as true. But it's not. Now, those wearing the label of government borrowed money from people promising to pay it back. How would they do that? By continually taxing you and me. Everyone, Americans and foreigners who bought treasury bonds or by any other means loaned money to the government, to any government, on the promise that the government would later pay it back, was banking on the fact that the tyrants would be able to continue robbing you and me. That's how investments in all levels of government, from federal stuff down to local municipal bonds, work. And that's why those contractors in California believe they're going to get paid eventually, because they believe in the uh, the coercive power of the state to extract money from people. He points out, to be blunt, if you were one of those who invested in slavery by lending money to governments, whether here or anywhere else, you deserve to lose everything, and I hope you do. The notion that I somehow acquired some obligation to pay you something because a thief promised to keep on robbing me to pay for the things that he bought without my consent is idiotic. It's also an insult to my intelligence and yours. So why is it that Americans aren't outraged? Well, it's because they're indoctrinated and or stupid. Imagine that a thief steals your wallet. He then goes on a shopping spree, buying $300 worth of stuff. Then, to his horror, he finds that you only had $200 in your wallet. To fix the problem, he sends you a bill for the remaining $100 deficit. Would you feel obligated to pay up? Well, if the thief is calling himself government, and you're an average American, apparently you would. And then you'd get together with all the other duped morons, wring your hands, and ponder, what can be done about the problem? But the problem is not one of finances. It's one of philosophy. As long as you think you are obligated to make up for the scams of the crooks who call themselves government, you are doomed. If you think they'll ever cut back on their power, their spending, regulation, or their taxation, just to be nice to you, you're an idiot. They'll happily borrow and spend you into absolute poverty. To those of you stupid and or evil enough to have loaned money to the U.S. government or to any other government or on the promise that they'd later rob people like me to pay you back, I wish you the worst of luck. 
I hope you never see a dime of what you invested in the slavery industry. And don't tell me that I have some obligation to pay off a debt that politicians incurred. When you're talking to me, don't use such idiotic terms as national debt. The nation doesn't owe anyone anything. The people who spent the money, that is the crooks in D.C., might owe it, but I certainly don't. There's a very easy way to fix the federal budget deficit and national debt problems, and that is to ignore them out of existence. To anyone who is interested, or rather to anyone who invested in oppression and government extortion, the joke's on you. You're not quite as bad as the thieves you financed, but you're pretty darn bad. And when the day comes, which is fast approaching, when all your investments disappear, don't come crying to me. You deserve it. For exactly the same reason that people who invested in the slave trade industry 200 years ago deserve to lose everything. Next time, try investing in trade instead of theft. You know, um, you think about the people that uh, – I, I, I hear what uh, Larkin Rose is saying, but the very last uh, paragraph there where you know the people that invested in the slave trade deserve to lose everything um, – you, you think about the people that invested in slaves, and, and they probably did lose a great deal. These were very expensive investments um, they had in these 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 people that they owned. Mm-hmm. And but I'd like to point out that the Quakers gave their slaves up, and they gave them something to live on when they you know set them free because basically they weren't free anyway. They were freed slaves, and they were black and living in a white culture, and like it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a great life anyway. But the Quakers, through you know John Woolmuth and and uh, many Quakers uh, along the way, they set their own slaves free and they gave um, gave them money in the process. So m- plenty of people did this prior to being forced to. So it wasn't as big of a loss as somebody might have guessed. So you're saying, what does that have to do with the people that uh, were investing in, in slavery? Well, they lost something, but I'm just pointing out that many people saw the more immorality of what they were doing and, and did the chose right thing. to do it on their own. Chose you know, to do the right thing. You mean. Right, the right yeah. thing. Well. In this case, bond, I mean, you're essentially talking about bondholders in the in the current state of things. So, I'm not even sure there's a way they can give the money back. No, they can't. They're screwed. Stop take. No, I mean, I, I don't see how the bondholders can refuse to take their bonds. Oh, I they've see. Invested, I mean, they've invested in maturity investments. What they've done is they've bought government bonds. So the government's going to pay them back. I don't really see how they they can not buy any more, but I can't see how they can really divest themselves of the bonds. They and if they do that, yeah, but then someone else will buy them. Larkin's just saying if the government ever doesn't pay them back, then too bad you're screwed. That's what you get for getting in bed with criminals. And I agree. I agree I with him completely yeah. there. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's not my debt. It's not your debt. It's theirs. Now, I don't know anything. Free talk live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com. Also want to invite you to Nick's website, freemindsmedia.com, though. Is it broken right now? 
Um, some of the articles I'm having problems with, but you can go to the main site and... Uh, the main site's working. They can tune in and yep. listen and all and that. And they, uh, they can watch the Porkfest 2009 special, which is up there now. So Excellent. Uh, Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio, that's what Nick is involved in when he's outside of the uh, the Free Talk Live studios. Uh, and it's a great uh, television program, also radio program heard once a week. You can actually listen to it on the Liberty Radio Network streams over at GCN, wherever it uh, appears in multiple locations. Get all the details, get the tune-in links, listen links, the uh, videos and everything over at freemindsmedia.com. Yeah. And for those who are interested, uh, this Friday we will be posting the video, this, ep- this week's episode of the show, and Mark was co-hosting it with me today. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. I uh, co-hosted the show today, and it was a lot of fun. Toby is currently on a honeymoon, so you had Mark in to sit in, which sounds like, that does sound like a lot of fun. And Mark, how do you feel about uh, the way things have changed kind of behind the scenes there at Free Minds TV? I mean, you've been there kind of since the beginning, well, since the, the, the genesis of Free Minds TV. Now they've got a whole crew back there. It's a there lot bigger operation. It's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's a lot bigger operation. Just goes to show the, uh, the strength of the activist community up here in New Hampshire. Uh, of course, the Free State Project is encouraging thousands of liberty-minded people to move here to New Hampshire to get active for freedom. And there are just so many people here that... They're going to have to break out and do their own TV show soon. I don't know when that's going to happen. But. I've I've heard rumblings that some people might start one, so cool. more power to them. I hope they do. The more pro-liberty content we can get out there, the better. Even Mark is talking about bringing his show back. Yeah, a lot of people want me to seem to want me to bring it back, and uh, you know, it'll offer give, give me an opportunity to do like a you know a short little podcast thing at the same time. It could know, be the Keenan Monthly the News instead if you didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you could know. do a recap. Nah. All right, we're going to continue with your phone calls. Uh, let's talk to Tim in Denver. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tim. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, counterfeiting is becoming a really big problem. I was in a gas station, and they found a counterfeit $1 bill. Wow. Jeez. How? Yeah. A lot, lot of 50s and 100s, but now it's going, and a couple years ago, it was down into the 5s and 10s, mm-hmm. and now it's, it's $1 bills, and they actually, oh, there was a deal I heard at a Walmart, the guy went in, cashed a check, got 755 bucks, then he went to buy something. Walmart gave him the $755. Mm-hmm. Two of the $100 bills that Walmart gave him were counterfeit. Oh, and when man. He, took them from, he took them from the front and went to the register to pay, and the lady wouldn't take them, and they called the police, and they were given to him by Walmart, and Walmart would not restore him to whole. That's crazy. How well, did I mean, this, it's an accusation, right? Like, suppose the guy had a couple of fake $100 bills in his pocket, switched oh, no, out. No, 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 no. This was on video. He walked in with a check. I heard about this down It was down in Phoenix. He walks in. Why would he, he be videotaping the, an ordinary operation like this? No, Walmart video, right? Well, Walmart videos everything. They got everything, but you go into the bathroom. Right, he went he to the check cashing counter. You you walk into the front, they cash your check, hoping that you'll spend it at Walmart. They give him two phony $100 bills, five good ones, and another $55. He goes in to buy food, and he walks up and hands the money to pay, and they tell him that these are counterfeit. And he goes, you guys just gave them to me. He had the receipt where they cashed his check, and everything from him going to the front counter Shopping and paying was on video. They had to be Walmart's hundred-dollar bills. He didn't have any money when he walked in. You know, I I, I don't I doubt very seriously. I'm watched every minute. And why would Walmart give up the video that uh, incriminated them in such a manner? No, it didn't incriminate them. It, it, it validated. Sure, it did. It showed he, them. It showed them as thieves. 
If if what you're saying is true, Walmart stole from this man, and they uh, you know and well, allowed if bear or false witness against their neighbor. Well, likely they had fake no, hundreds the in the drawer. No, no. They didn't put them there themselves. The police looked at the video to make sure that he wasn't the criminal. It, 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 it was exculpatory evidence for him showing that he didn't walk in with him. He got him from Walmart. He paid. The police let him go, but they took the money and went to the Secret Service with it. And he's out 200 bucks, and Walmart won't restore him. Oh, man, that sucks. Well, I I, I would encourage anybody uh, to listen, you know, to, to to investigate this story for themselves as opposed to, you know, I mean, things you hear on the radio are just things you hear on the radio. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a plausible story. It, yeah. Oh, sure. It sounds like it could happen. But yeah. at the same time, it sounds like it couldn't, too. You know, like they're... No, no, no. They, 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 they interviewed the guy in his home. He was on, on a major news channel in Phoenix. It was He showed the receipt where he had gotten the money. And it happened. I mean, people don't look close enough, and they just shove hundred-dollar bills each way. And sure. A lot of times. Yeah. Who's liable in that case? Is Walmart liable for the money that they supposed? I mean, he gave them a check. They, they gave should, him what they thought was real money. Well, the uh, ones but, liable is they should have to give him real hundred real hundred-dollar bills. And, and that's what get he's everything. saying that he hasn't gotten that from them. Well, no, all this bad club publicity should cause a multi-billion-dollar chain to cough up two hundred dollars, and I've stopped shopping there because of it. When well, did you stop I think shopping everyone there? Everyone should know. When did you stop shopping I, there? I don't buy bullets anymore there. When, when did you st- stop shopping there? As of two days ago, when I heard it. When was your last visit to Walmart? Oh, a while ago, maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Because there are a lot of people out there that have vendettas against Walmart for the very fact that they happen to be the largest business around. And no, that's not why they they, they cheated the guy out of two hundred bucks, and they're they're not going to man well, up. Allegedly, right? I mean, we don't right. know for sure. I don't know well, that they did. Allegedly, but, right. allegedly. And you know, here here's a problem with uh, with boycotting big box chain stores like that. Eventually, you run out of uh, places to shop. I mean, for instance, we had a, a situation. Uh, with the Service Nation people, this organization that is devoted to bringing national slavery to this country, and, and Target Corporation and Home Depot are two of the sponsors of Service Nation. They're two of the corporate uh, supporters. And so they, when questioned, when held their feet to the flames, they said, well, they don't support involuntary servitude. They don't support forcing people. And they, they didn't believe that Service Nation did either. And so you know, they tried to distance themselves from that whole idea. Obviously, they're not going to embrace it and say, yes, we think everyone should be forced to, uh, to work for the government. But if we were to to uh, to uh, to boycott Target on that basis, and then boycott Walmart because of what you're suggesting, uh, where do you go to buy your toothpaste? <laughs> you're st- eventually, you run out of options. You get it over the internet, and you buy the stuff without the stuff that causes cancer. Until that, they do uh, something outrageous that uh, that you don't like, uh, you know, until Wal- until Amazon does something that pisses you off, and then what do you do? Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate you it. You make your own. It's, well, right. Sure, you will. <laughs> well, you know, the the if you can make your own toothpaste, absolutely. If you uh, choose not to, uh, you pick toothpaste, which is, by the way, a landmine issue for a lot of people because of fluoride. But you don't really? need fluoride. It's poison. Oh, Poisoning us. You don't know. Some people come think. on. We've had so Who's many calls drinking on. their toothpaste. They it, you you do absorb a certain amount of the fluoride through your 
your I mouth. see. And you do sw- you wash, but you rinse your mouth, but you do swallow a certain amount. Right. So fluor- you know, fluoride toothpaste is not what cures cavities or fixes cavities or stops you from getting cavities. Not all toothpaste has fluoride in it. Right. Um, it you know, fl- toothpaste is a dentifrice. It creates a an atmosphere that you um you know that's good for when you brush your teeth. Uh, it's the brush that gets rid of the crap because what you have to just do is disturb the little bacteria in mm-hmm. your mouth. Um, the you know it's it, fluoride toothpaste probably better for creating an environment uh, for for brushing than say well, fluoride, baking soda. Fluoride baking does have soda. some antiseptic properties, though, doesn't it? I, I don't know whether it has antiseptic properties. I'd have to define antiseptic, but it's probably a better um, you know be- better atmosphere than or environment than uh, than baking soda. But baking soda is what Americans used for years and years. You absolutely can make your own uh, you know baking soda toothpaste. Brush your teeth three times a day. Make your own soap one. too while you're at it. You Why don't you just make everything that you use? Baking oh wait, soap, then you won't wait, have time you don't to do have anything to make, else. You don't have to make baking. You can just dip your toothbrush in baking soda. Bang. But you have to buy the baking soda somewhere. Where do you buy that? You gonna make that too? It's an ex- excellent. You gonna go dig up some but baking soda you, from your backyard? You Is there a baking the mis- soda tree out there you can shake? And <laughs> you made the mistake <laughs> you know? of, um, you know, using toothpaste rather than toilet paper with this yeah. guy. You know, if you okay. would have said toilet paper instead of toothpaste. Then. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And do we need to point out that the money's counterfeit anyway? I mean, the federal government just prints it out. So, what's the difference? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Only moments remain here. If we get a chance, so we'll take your calls about anything. And Mark's got something to share about slavery, but maybe he doesn't because his laptop has apparently burned out. This is Free Talk Live. Forget anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website. All the features there are free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we've got a whole list of things you can do over at promote.freetalklive.com. Great ways to help Free Talk Live get into more ears around the world. Promote.freetalklive.com. All right, so we'll talk to you about anything if you make the call. Otherwise, things that are interesting to us. And here is a doozy for you from Greensboro. I presume that means, uh, what is that, Alabama? Greensboro? Greensboro, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Anyway, for a, this could be anywhere. A buck a day. That's the incentive being offered to young girls to keep them from getting pregnant. The group College Bound Sisters was founded at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro by Hazel Brown, a maternity nurse who thought too many teens were having babies. Brown says she hopes the program, which pays $1 each day to 12- to 18-year-old girls, will keep them from getting pregnant. In addition to remaining pregnancy-free, the girls must also attend weekly meetings. The program is funded... Meetings. Yes. Okay. Beatings? No, meetings. Meetings. Uh, the program is funded by a four-year grant from the state. You know, I was I was thinking this was going to be uh, a, a privately funded program for a moment there, college-bound sisters, but apparently no. Uh, the state's behind this, which means taxpayers are paying teenage girls every single day they don't get knocked up. Does this make any sense? They're not even paying them enough money to make it worth their while, either. Well, I they're mean, paying enough to, to pay for the condoms. You know, a buck a day, that's like a condom <laughs> yeah. a day, right? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so, but it's a dollar a day, seven days a, seven days a week? Yeah. I mean, seven dollars a week? I mean, that's, right. that's right. nothing. For a teenager, really. No, you're right. I mean, it is nothing, but it uh, it's under the program. $7 is deposited into an interest-bearing college fund that the girls can collect once they graduate high school. Some recent graduates earn more than $2,000 and are an inspiration to those still in the program. 
12-year-old Chelsea Davis says, I might want to be a teacher for a few years, then be a lawyer. I might want to be an actor or singer, another girl in the program added. Program director Lori Smith said those aspirations are more achievable because of the incentives the program provides and the friendships it helps create. Smith said nearly 100% of the girls who finished the program have gone on to graduate college. If a girl drops out or gets pregnant, her money is divided among the other girls still in the program. Well, uh, I, I, would, I would say that uh, those that in the world where we have welfare and the people that are going to receive welfare are likely the younger they are, the more likely they're going to get it, um, that it is a small price to pay in order to prevent somebody from going on welfare. I think likely that uh, you know paying people to incentivize them to do things is is an effective means. I don't think that this is much, but you know it, the the program, the meetings, and all that other stuff might work. I'm I'm not saying I I agree with the the concept of giving money away in order to keep uh, girls from giving uh, get, getting pregnant is an entirely and whole uh, a good idea, but. You know, if the state's going to steal your money for welfare, they might as well, uh, you know, take some of the money they've stolen and try this silly program. Isn't the incentive of not having to pay for a baby enough? You, I would think it would be a much stronger incentive <laughs> than a dollar a day. People and don't I, look at that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I think a lot of teenagers do, to be quite some honest do, with you. Some do, but some don't. Yeah, the ones that don't probably aren't going to be too interested in a buck a day, though. Well, it, it adds I mean, up over time. And they don't have to work very hard Not to earn it. Not very much. Three hundred and sixty-five dollars a year. Yeah, between twelve and eighteen. This is make... more of a more of a club anyway. From uh, you know, they, they from have the to go sounds of it, it is the, the meetings probably have more of an impact than the money. But I'm wondering why they don't just have a, a not getting pregnant club and save the money. Because honestly, I don't see how a dollar a day is going to influence anyone to do anything if they're over the age of ten. And it's not really a very uh, sustainable or expandable program. Are you going to put every teenage girl that is at risk of getting pregnant on this program of a dollar a day? How are you going to force them into anything like that? I mean, well, likely no, you can't put, this force is them chickens in. and eggs, and uh, the girls that are willing to go into the program are probably the ones that are least likely to get pregnant in the first not, place. Not sexually active, you don't well, think? I, I just, it just seems to me that if probably you're willing true. to go into the, a program like this, you're, you have aspirations. It's not usually... Yeah the girl that gets pregnant um, who doesn't meet her aspirations uh, or excuse me it's it, the girls that have aspirations aren't the ones to usually get pregnant you know so They're smart enough to take birth control yeah. and that well, sort they, of just, thing. they just do you know they they know everybody knows if you get pregnant in in you know before your age of 21 the chances of you being wealthy or comfortable even mm-hmm. um, in your life diminish drastically yeah so kids don't get pregnant before you're 21 mm. It makes me glad I never had sex as a teenager because it didn't get in. I couldn't have put myself into some sort of uh, position like that. I, it's I, not that hard to avoid getting someone pregnant. Right. And this <laughs> is the thing. It's really just common the fault, sense. The faultiness with, with the statement that you made is that most, the vast majority of teenagers have sex and very few of them get pregnant, Ian. Okay, but uh, kids can be... You know, kind of ignorant of things and do things stupidly and brashly, sure, sure, and sure. Uh, and I can't say that I uh, would have made the same decisions at age seventeen as I might have made at age twenty-two or twenty-three or something like that. I mean, you might I was be smart right. enough to practice safe sex at age fourteen. Man, I can tell great. you that, and that, that it's it's not that difficult. People, it's I mean, not pe- that difficult. People, that's why I got nothing to say. Yeah, nice I mean, to this. Yeah, I mean, teen pregnancies to me, it's uh, granted, people are they're young, they're not 
thinking as clearly as they're going to in a few years. So people do make mistakes, right? But they're very especially if they're mistakes. inebriated. Let's, I mean, that could be a factor. Uh, yeah, Ian, when you start, when you take out of the scenario the ethnic groups that find it cool to get uh, pregnant in, um, you know, the the kids that find it cool to get pregnant in younger ages, yeah. and especially the ethnic groups, there are certainly ethnic groups that find that cooler than others, and you remove them. So those girls tried to get pregnant. You you remove them from the scenario. You remove from um, the scenario kids that think it boys that think it's cool to impregnate girls. Mm-hmm. You take them out of the scenario, and you only leave the kids that made a mistake in the yeah. scenario and got pregnant, and then decided not to get an abortion. You're talking about a, a small group. It's not like this thing down here in your pants is a loaded mi- uh, landmine and can go right. off any second. Okay, <laughs> yeah, but there can be problems. I mean, there even certainly with can be problems. There can be, uh, Absolutely, that's you know, a largely poked in the condom. Largely you know. scared. Who's poking holes in the yeah. condom? Some girl that wants to get knocked up. Right. Well, but th- then you're dealing yeah. with a girl that wants to get knocked right. up. Then you've right. got a bigger problem. You're stupid. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with a uh, you know uh, some girl that wants to get knocked up. What are you doing that for? Yeah. Well, you might not know if you're 17. <sighs> It's, 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 every guy knows when they're dealing with a flawed, every person knows when they're dealing with a flawed individual. Some of them don't mind playing Russian roulette. Some of them will even go even farther and marry them. And then some of them will go (laughs) call this show and say, women suck because my woman treated me bad. No, Mm. (laughs) you married a flawed woman from the get go. You knew she was messed up from the very beginning and you went ahead and did it because you thought that your magic you know, yeah. unit could fix everything. <laughs> no, it can't. Messed up people are messed up people. Don't get involved with messed up people, kids. You don't think they can change? Messed up people can get better? Sure, messed up people can get better. Get involved with them when they're better. Mm. Don't get involved when the, with them when they're not, because if you hang out with them, they have no incentive to get better. I don't know if I'm, I would I'd be as negative toward them as, uh, as you are, Mark. I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I'm not saying a, generally you, you, you don't turn wanna... around and walk out necessarily on yeah. them, but you can do that. I think that enough of that, um, they'll, they'll change their behavior too, but certainly don't, don't get in business with them. Don't, don't hang out with them on, an, on you know, a large scale. Don't make them your friend, I mean, and, and don't, get, uh, don't get in relationships with them. Messed up people mess up things. When you're around messed up people, you get messed up. That's true. I, de- I totally agree with Stay you Stay away from messed up people as much as you can. If you want to treat them in a civil fashion, fine. You're like me. You don't have as, enough of a spine to say, you know, I'm not hanging around you. You know, but the people that do get the message across to those people even better. 1-800-259-9231. I generally agree with you that, uh, they, what is it that they said in the, the, the list of things you need to know, uh, that the five people that you spend the most time with, the av- you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. I, I, I like that. I generally agree with it, but if I guess I'm, uh, what I'm wondering is the kind of the extension of what you're saying, the, uh, the conclusion, logical conclusion of what you're saying. If everybody decided to just uh, completely rebuff those people who have problems in their lives, how will that help them with their, with their problems? Well, I think that uh, most people have been taught all along that they, you know, what the right, uh, you know, things to do. Certainly, uh, there are ba- people that get bad upbringing. For instance, you always hear about gypsies. Who I don't know that these uh, gypsies are actually ethnic gypsies, but um, people that you know are raised to steal as a kid mm-hmm. and raised to lie and cheat other people. That they are God's chosen people, and therefore, that uh, uh, I can't remember what the gypsies said, but they they touched Jesus's cloak, and therefore were allowed to cheat people until God came. <laughs> Uh, some nonsense. I don't know. They were given a gift from God that allowed them to cheat people or steal from people. But, um, 
you know, the, 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 there are people that have that disadvantage in life, and that's not fair. But most people, at least when I was in high school and I was acting badly, um, I knew what was right and knew how to go about getting those right things. But I found that there were certain things that I could get away with. I never got caught with anything for anything until I got nabbed for, you know, to go to prison. And, you know, it's a big deal. I, th- I think that if I would have shunned earlier or something like that and got, got gotten caught earlier, it wouldn't happen to me. Interesting viewpoint. Uh, I, th- I think that there's something to be said for a little bit of forgiveness, but I, I think you're right. A line has to be drawn somewhere, and at some point you have to cut somebody off. It's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Out of time for tonight. Back tomorrow night. Online in the same place, same time at freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to child protective services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I've switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, nevergetbusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.